Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, it's uh, I love doing this episode that we're about to do every year because it means that my favorite time of the year is upon us. Mm-hmm. The autumn. Sure. Pumpkin spice season. Yeah. Hockey's back. Yeah. Football's back. Okay. College football's back. Sure. College. College, yes. Mm-hmm. My, my, my Midwestern. Uh, what else? What else comes back in in the fall in, in, besides movie season? I guess t- when I used to watch TV, I would get uh, oh, excited yes. about uh, yeah. oh, a new season of I don't know how to get away with murder. Um, <laughs> was that something you watched regularly? I watched the first season. Okay, I was, the summer between the first and second season would have been about the time that I stopped watching television. Oh, okay. Got it. Uh, which is 2015 or 2016? I don't remember. Um, and uh uh yeah so i'm uh super excited uh about all of these things happening in in the fall obviously there's thanksgiving sure you know halloween halloween yeah i'm i've never Which, been a big halloween guy you know what i like receiving trick-or-treaters that's what i enjoy oh yeah i, I enjoy that kind of neighborhood yeah i enjoy hanging out with jen watching Honestly, watching the American Scream—that's kind of our Halloween tradition that's now. Fun. And uh, greeting trick or treaters. And once once we moved to this neighborhood, like that's there's great. a ton of them. Yeah, not my neighborhood. You know, what we have a lot of them in my neighborhood. What's up? Scientologists. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> because I live near the yeah. Church of Scientology of the Valley. Is that what it's called? Maybe the Valley Church of Scientology. I can't remember what the what it's officially called. I visited that church when it was like uh, I think it was a maybe a baptist no it wasn't baptist but it was a it was a christian church and i visited and didn't care yeah, for it it was like because i've lived in my place for almost a decade now um uh and when i first moved in it was already to, oh it was already the church of scientology but they hadn't really done anything yeah. except to sign up over the past like three or four years yeah. they've really put a lot of money into that place there's a big big events there all the time there's people walking around my neighborhood it feels like i can't escape it because i used to live on fountain just down the street from the scientology center you always see the people in like the the tacky blue uh suits you know mm-hmm. the women women in like pantsuits that are uh they look uncomfortable um, sure. and now i see them in my neighborhood again all the time do you think um, maybe they feel like if we've if we get backs we we've got the world <laughs> maybe yeah um I, I, I don't know this i bet do scientologists celebrate halloween i feel like probably i don't think they're i don't i think they celebrate every, anything okay you know um yeah i know there's always a big christmas thing down on hollywood uh, boulevard yeah um but yeah as far as movie watching holiday traditions uh my wife and i another couple we watch die hard every christmas eve okay we're not trying to be cute about it if we just think it's just a christmas movie and that's oh what we think. i've got a, trying to be cute i've got something about um, that in a minute from one of my students but the other one that i've developed just for myself in recent years is that every saint patrick's day i watch calvary oh that's fun yeah yeah um that's a very and, irish movie and i think this past year i think i had like a lot of like an episode of the podcast to edit or something. So I watched Calvary and then just sort of let it start. I essentially watched it twice in a row on, on St. Patrick's day, the second yeah. time while I was doing work on the, uh, uh, on the website. So, uh, the, the, what do you have to say about Die Hard? So, uh, school started this week. So I've, uh, been uh-huh. teaching. I've noticed that school started because my, the traffic is suddenly, gone. Oh, sure. Yes. So bad. Um, 
And so uh, this semester I'm teaching three sections of the same course, uh, but all of them are actually at different high schools. This is a situation where it's a college course and these are high schoolers getting college credit. Uh, so it's, it's interesting because I still get to teach the course that I want to teach, um, but it's a very, it's a notably different type of student. Um, frankly, a more respectful one um, because when you, when you get to college, you realize, oh, I don't have to go to class. Uh, and high schoolers don't think that way. And so they always show up and they're very respectful. Uh, but anyway, so as we were just talking about movies, um, uh, one of the... One, so I, I I go through as for like a, an icebreaker, like asking students, like, what's your name, the most recent film you saw, and uh, your favorite film. And so we go through and everyone kind of comments on the movies that they're talking about. And so, uh, so one guy raised his hand and asked, like, hey, what... Uh, What's your favorite, what's the best Christmas movie? And immediately it's like, all right, he's headed towards Die Hard. We all know that, obviously. <laughs> obviously, that's where he's headed. Uh, and so I, but I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to rain on his parade and just jump to that immediately. Not that I think it's the best, but saying like, uh, don't manipulate me, just say what you're saying. Um, and so I, uh, I took a moment and I said like, um, are we talking feature? Because if it's not feature, I'd probably say Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, if it is feature, I feel like probably I really like a Christmas story, um, or some version of a Christmas Carol. I do love it's a wonderful life, Yeah, but I, I have a hard time viewing it as a pure Christmas movie. Right. The ref um, is a pretty good one. The ref is a good one. Sure. Um, and so, uh, so then so then the guy said, he goes, I think it's, I, I think it's Die Hard. The whole time you're talking, he's just like, mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Waiting to drop the bomb yeah. on you. And I said, no, I tried to say it in a playful way. I can't guarantee it came out this way. Uh, but I said, I said, ah, yes. I said, let, let me, if you'll pardon me, let me address that. Uh, that is no longer a hot take. Uh, <laughs> this, this Die Hard thing has been going on for a very long time. And we all agree it's a Christmas movie. That said, it is not the best Christmas movie. And he goes, he goes, you know, and he makes the argument. He's like, guy, you know, uh, yeah. keeping his family together. It's like, that's right. Absolutely. Also, a lot more gunshots to the to the face, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, not necessarily the most uh, cheerful, cheerful and sure. doesn't really inspire togetherness of the family and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yuletide. Yuletide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was just one of those things that like he didn't look disappointed when I said <laughs> my response. But, but you I, were right. You did it right. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying that you obviously you were right. Right. Also, you did it correctly. Yeah. It's because when it comes right down to it, I mean, if your version of events can be believed, there are a lot more (laughs) racial epithets, of course, um, but all all Italian based. Yeah. Um, But no, it was. uh, It's one of those things. Again, as a teacher. I have to remember that not every that these students, even the ones that really love film, have they're not as old as we are, and they're not they haven't been having the conversations we've been having for right. decades at this point. And so, for him, I'm sure this is still no, the not Die Hard as Christmas still uh, is still novel yeah. and exciting and fun. And so, to undercut that would be a bad thing, and it might lead to like not damage or anything like that, but. 
you know, if someone's excited about movies, I need to put myself aside yeah. and try to play into that as much as I can. It's a good idea. So it's yeah. uh, something to keep in mind as a teacher. All right. Well, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. I'll tell you what I was listening to today. Okay. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story that happened over the weekend. Uh, I was at uh, a bar with a, a bunch of people, and um, my wife and her friend are kind of, they know the bartender here, and so the bartender started her shift, and they were like, hey, you know, and she was like, I just got back from Vegas. I saw Janet Jackson and they're like, Oh my God, you saw Janet Jackson. And this other, this other woman who was part of the group, I just met her for the first time that day. I hear her say kind of under her breath, who the fuck still listens to Janet Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed. And so I ended up talking to her. I was like, you don't listen to anything from the nineties anymore. And she was like, "Ah, I like the cranberries. (laughs) And so I've been listening to the cranberries. Sure. Specifically dreams. Cause it's, uh, uh, you know, you you recently convinced me to make a top 100 movies of all time list. Damn right, I should make a top 100 songs of all time list. That's I'm hard. That's pretty hard sure to do. Dreams by the Cranberries would would make the cut. Um, Here's uh, a situation. I was driving the other day, and I have been using Pandora more, uh, and so I was in the mood for the 90s, and so I just typed in Weezer, so I've got my Weezer channel. Um, okay. And uh, so, of course, they don't just play Weezer. They play other things from that era and in that genre. Um, I didn't say I was in the mood for anything challenging. I was feeling nostalgic. I know. I'm just, between talking about Christmas and talking about Weezer, I'm reminded of the SNL sketch from this past oh, that's Christmas. Right, that's right. And I was going to do the, what's her name, Cecily... I never remember her last name. I don't remember. Strong? Cecily Strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always liked Yellow Card. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny line. Uh, and so, you know, the songs would come up and they'd be, and I would be familiar with most of them. Uh, but then every once in a while, something would come up from a band that I was not into in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, I really like this song. And, uh, come to find out it's like it was like a number one hit at the time and i'm 20 something years too late yeah yeah. but uh i was only vaguely aware of oasis at the time um obviously like their bigger hits except this one which was maybe one of their like three biggest hits which was uh don't look back in anger Oh yeah, uh, which I don't think I had heard. I oh. think what, it sounded a little bit familiar, and not just because the beginning sounds a lot like "Imagine" uh, by uh, John Lennon. But uh, it's so as I was listening to, it, I was like, "I love this. This is great. Yeah, it's a great song." I'm, and I'm then I looked it up, of, and yeah, everyone loved it. I'm, and I'm also very kind of late surprised to the party. you missed it because you remember a few years ago there was that uh, terrorist attack at an Ariana Grande concert in yes. Manchester, and every band that would tour, would play through Manchester would cover that song as a sort of like yeah. unity with Manchester. Cause that's where the Gallagher brothers are from. And so you yeah. can see like, like Metallica playing yeah. don't look back in anger. It was very, very sweet. Yeah. I, when I looked up the song, like on Wikipedia, I saw all this stuff mm-hmm. connected with it. Um, including accusations, like I just said of like ripping off chords from, uh, imagine and such. Uh, and I so as I was listening, I, I, I'm trying to remember what album don't look back in anger was on because the, it, I feel like Oasis and Oasis being accused of ripping off the Beatles are exactly sure. the same amount of years old. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it was like, I, it's like, this song is great. And so, uh, but that I, it's, it was one of those things like, all right, uh, I think um, for, for no reason that I can think of uh-huh. at the time, Oasis was not 
cool to listen to amongst my group of friends. Okay. And so I just didn't listen to them. And in doing so, I cut out music that I might have liked at the time. And certainly I do like now. You know, I think we'll get back to the ad. In a second. Um, I think you're right about, cause I had kind of the same experience with Oasis. I never owned an Oasis CD. My younger sister mm. did. And so I liked that some might of their be stuff, but I was, of... I was never in, into them. Like yeah. they were, I don't know. Because she probably thought that Nolan and Liam were cute. Or sure. Uh, anyway, so I'm sure all that Oasis music sounded great in your tweakedaudio.com earbuds. It sure did. Um, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. Uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com, use the offer code pretension. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, do we want to talk about the Patreon real quick? What was on the Patreon this week? I've already forgotten. Uh, what, it, what is, it, it is a... It took a while to put together, oh, wait, but it is... because... We're in the future, aren't we? Um, we are in the future, yes. So, like, we're recording this episode early, so yeah. there might have been a couple of Patreons. Just sign up for the Patreon. We've got three yeah. levels, $2, $5, $10. gets you extra content and helps you support the show. Yeah. Uh, we need a new soundboard. Um, <laughs> Which the listener might already have figured out. Yes, it is possible, but we definitely do need a new soundboard. So let's, okay, Patreon is great. Patreon.com slash Battleship Retention. That's how you support the show. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. I mentioned that it's fall. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, and that means part of what I love so much about the fall season. You know what else is the fall season? What? Our awards draft. That's a oh, huge yeah. part of it. We'll talk, and let's, we're going to get into in, that. Let's yeah. put a pin in that. No, because one of my favorite things about, I was about to say something sweet about our guests. Oh, okay, yeah. One of my favorite things about this time of year is having these two on the show together. Uh, something we get to do a couple of times a year mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of different episodes. So joining us, now I don't have a, a cue card here like I normally get, but uh, <laughs> joining us Battleship Retention Editor at Large, Scott and I. You don't have to just toss that one off. You like really built up her, and then you're just kind of like, yeah. oh, by the way. Because you've been on the show yeah, it's like true. every other week. In fact, yeah. I'm actually going to be asking you uh, when we stop recording uh, if you're free coming up. Let's camp out in the corner here. <laughs> um, and then I don't know. I, I, I've forgotten everything about the name of your job. It has to do with variety. It doesn't matter. I'm not defined by my job. Uh, you're also not defined by your relationship or lack thereof of our, to, to our other guest. Lack here. thereof. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> your, your title, but complete lack of meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's Julie Sesnovich. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, both of you. Thank you. Hello. Particularly Julie. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's been longer. Yeah. I think. Uh, Probably. We're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. Because uh, you haven't been on since TCM. Yeah. And you were on. For something. Uh, some bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about how movies don't matter. Uh, yeah, oh, and right. you were on with the, the when we did the Desencanto uh, episode yeah. that uh, Tyler wasn't on. I was almost going to say, weren't you? I almost did that thing of like a thing we've talked about. I assumed already happened, and I was like, weren't you on that episode we did about movies that take place in hotels? And I realized we still didn't do done that, that one. Yeah, <laughs> we did the cruise ship one with Matt Patterson. Right. We still got to do the hotel. Were you one. on like a best of the year so far? Too? Yeah, did that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, the listeners is sick of you. Yeah. Again, I'm going to ask you if you're free coming up. Um, all right. Um, 
so we're gonna do the fall movie preview now normally i um use the entertainment weekly fall movie preview as, yeah. as a guide but entertainment weekly is now entertainment Mon- monthly although it's still called entertainment weekly and they seem to have just skipped the fall movie preview uh, I could see them because I think they're putting issues out in the middle of the month. So I could see them doing it in a mid-September. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Scenario. But I would think they would at least have a fall movie preview up on their website. That's true. Which they don't. They do not. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, who knows wh- wh- how that's going. I-, I will say, check a, a status update two months into Entertainment Monthly because I was really been bemoaning it at the time and I still do feel like I'm lost something Mm -hmm. there i will say i'm getting a lot more comic books read on the bus (laughs) now that i don't have a full issue of energy weekly to get through uh you know i don't uh, now that i'm not reading you know three rounds with Marin morris or whatever things that i don't care about but would have absolutely read if they were there Mm -hmm. now i'm reading uh more comic books i just uh uh read this uh the first all the issues that exist so far of this idw series called the highest house uh, written by Mike Carey. Um, How high is this house? Uh, it's the highest in the land. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway, it's it's uh, it has it reminds me of Game of Thrones, the books, uh, in that it's like takes place in kind of a fantasy world, but is and there is magic, but it's also it's way more interested in like medieval politics and the medieval economy and stuff like that. The stuff that I uh, really love about the Game of Thrones books. Anyway, so that's just uh, what I've been reading. The right. highest house. Anyway. Oh, wait. Speaking of comics, Tyler, because you, I know you don't read comics anymore. No. But you were an X-Men guy at one point. I was. Have you heard about this House of X, Powers of X double miniseries? No. It's one writer, two six-issue series that they're releasing in the recommended reading order. So you're supposed to read, like, one's called Powers of X, one's called House of, House oh, of okay. X. You're supposed to read, like, Powers of X 1, House of X one then house of x2 then powers of x. Ugh, like this is exhausting but it gives you a guide to how what and they come out in that order so it doesn't really uh anyway it's so great it's after years what's of, so great about it i was about to <laughs> please let me finish <laughs> after so many years i think of and i still read x-men somewhat regularly but of kind of treading water and recycling sure. similar x-men plots that actually figured out something new to do i think um and i yeah i bet uh, i bet you wouldn't have been able to predict a 12 issue mega arc x-men story in which front and center is (laughs) third liner x-men character moira mctaggart moira mctaggart is like the whole crux of this thing yeah building something around her is both surprising and not. Um, she has been a very interesting peripheral character in the world of X-Men. Yeah. And I would say, given how long X-Men has been running, I'm not surprised because it's kind of her turn. Uh, and she is <laughs> yeah. herself not a mutant, right? Ah. Ah. <laughs> she is. Aha. Uh-huh. It, it, it turns out. It turns out. This whole time. Wow. Someone told me that either the house or the power one, one of them supposed to be of 10, not of X. Could be. Right? (laughs) You wouldn't know. It absolutely could be. This is why I got out of comics, because this is exhausting, like I said. Oh, actually, that makes sense. Right. The Powers one would be Powers of Ten, because it takes place in, uh, like, four time periods, like year zero, one, ten, Mm. or is it one, ten, one hundred, one thousand, whatever, uh, in the future. Um, Yeah. It's really great. Anyway, we are so far off track. The point is, 
I don't, I don't mind the entertainment monthly thing. And let's talk about some movies. So let's start with it's, uh, this episode is okay. Well, I, I'm not sure what date you're starting at. I've got, I, I thought I'd mentioned September 6th, even though that's already yeah. happened by the time this came out. Yeah. Uh, which the only thing I wrote down is it chapter two. Yeah. I don't care very much about it chapter two. Cause I thought it chapter one was real streaky. It had some good parts, and then it had a lot of dead... dead I didn't see It Chapter yeah, 1, but I'm interested in It Chapter 2 because, as we discussed off mic recently, I don't care about movies about kids. And so, as soon as they announced this, I was like, all right, they got adults in this. I'm going I'm to call you on the cover to defend yourself here. There's nothing really to defend. What if the kids, what if the kids are coming of age? I, I just oh, feel God, like... No. I just feel what if like, they're being chased by a murderous clown? No, no. Okay. There's, there's, there's been license. a couple of things off mic that have come up with you, Scott, recently, <laughs> which is like, I don't like movies about <laughs> X or 10. Uh, right. Um, nice. Uh, or, or I think there was a thing you don't like plays about families that have secrets. <laughs> no, I told you we broke that curse. We have right. broken that through that a little bit. Yeah. And I don't, I think, and I guess what I'm trying, my argument here is that yeah. I'm more pure a cinephile than you are. Okay. Because I don't think there's any type of movie I could say that about. Like I, 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 there is no type of movie or, well, or, or even genre celebrity or documentaries. Uh, I still see them. That's right. the thing. I still see movies about kids. I just don't like. <laughs> well, is prioritize it is them. it more that it takes takes more to get you there? It takes more to get me like there. Like if it's a, an actor you like or director you like. Like I'm in a real French New Wave kick, and even then they make a lot of movies about kids. I'm just like, I'll get to those later, <laughs> and I'll get yeah. to them. But they're just not. As, I mean, you're never going to see half of the. Iranian new wave movies uh, if you're avoiding movies about kids because that was how they got away with everything. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you know, uh, they got away with censorship by being like, this is about kids. It's not about the government or society or whatever. It's about a little girl in a white balloon. I'm not um, going to say that I am. White balloon, I think, made my top 100. Anyway. Well, I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or years uh, from now. Um, I'm reluctant to say that I agree with Scott. Hmm. I don't think I do, but I kind of sort of see where you're coming from. Specifically about the kids thing or just being able to say like, you know what? Movies about blank aren't for me. Oh, well, uh, not necessarily that, but like kids, like I definitely know that for me, if the kid, if a kid of a certain age and putting aside like the coming of age, that's a story. That's a story thing. But if the main character is a kid younger than a certain age, my natural instinct is like, okay, we're only going to get so much from that character. Um, and even if the character learns and grows, it's still a kid. And from a relatability standpoint, though, I was a kid, uh, I am no longer a kid. And so, uh, I'm not necessarily going to, well, clearly not. I'm staring (laughs) at a, at a wall of Riddlers. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely, and, and that's, been the case for me for a long time and i don't think i've i don't think i've ever actually verbalized it and it hasn't kept me from loving some movies about kids oh sure um but i i feel like okay this is i'm only going to be able to relate to this so much emotionally yeah it's like we all grew up we all figured it out it's basically the same movie (laughs) okay well i wouldn't put it that way but don't all have murderous clowns yeah i would say the fact that we all grew up means that we have something to relate to in these movies yeah but here's a conundrum for you yeah have you seen the tin drum no okay mm. i don't know if that's like a three-hour kid movie but it's a kid because the magical realism of it is that he gets hit on the head and never oh, i like this so far and never ages so he the, he he lives for decades and okay. decades but he's a kid the whole time yeah. that's intriguing it is a really good movie i'm sure it is it's also very upsetting at times for, yes. uh, for a movie about a kid Sweet. it's uh, no. um sometimes 
uh, real, uh, what's what I'm looking for? It's very, um, I don't know, somatic in a sometimes gross, uncomfortable, fleshy way. <laughs> I saw the that film in high school. I probably would not have used the term somatic. But, uh, <laughs> so Little Fugitive, though, that's that's one that I adore. All right, I'll get to it. Anyway, okay, something that's, well, something that's weird about It Chapter 2 that I read is that, so it's been two years since the first one came out, and the kids, because they're, they're in this so one, because yeah, they're in this one, too, um, puberty has them now so they're they <laughs> they had to, to digitally de-age them they are digitally de-aging the kids to undo two years of puberty and i'm just like i don't know that it works like that i think uh, it does see like but that's designed for like getting rid of wrinkles not like puberty they shrunk i don't know sevens they, they shrunk do it, i don't know i don't like what it we do nowadays i don't my, like it uh, it's my question is the voices like that's going to be a huge change are they Pitch changing the, i'm sure they can do okay it. i'm sure they can, that yeah. when you when you make the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time or whatever yeah, it was. True. And you get the you get the big bug. You get to play in the big sandbox. <laughs> sure. All right, so I'm, it, it chapter two. Everyone I know who has seen it hasn't liked it so far. Cool. I say Bill Hader's really good in it. That's I'm actually I'm excited. Not excited. I'm because I didn't love the first film. And um, I also really didn't like Mama, which was Andy Muschietti's movie before it, oh, which right. also starred Jessica Chastain. Um, I think what excites me is that and again, excite isn't even really the right word. The thing that intrigues me is that I feel like it's been uh, when we see uh, scary movies involving kids and teenagers, I feel like there's inherent fear there um, because everything is so new and kids and teenagers don't yet know how to manage things. And so now they're so out of their depth. But the idea of a group of grownups Right. into their 30s if not 40s at this point and to watch them be afraid um, because there's to me there's that instinct of like a clown uh, jumping you know Pennywise jumping out and then hearing someone go ah you know like <laughs> it's just such a and then like instinctively wanting to just like punch him or like I'm gonna go get in my car and drive away like again like I feel like as adults we're much more equipped to deal with <laughs> uh, just bad situations uh, and so I I feel like they would have to amp up the terror for it to really feel as scary as it could be well, I think this is a good workout. We can't spend right. this long on every movie, especially not a movie no one at this table plans on seeing. I'm no, not, you're going to see it. I, I want to see it. Yeah, you'll see it. Uh, anything else? What, what else do you have on September 6th? Yes. Um, also, just a quick disclaimer is that, believe it or not, everyone's staring at this massive sheet like snack of paper I have there was curation involved I did not write down every single movie that comes out and then you know Toronto and Venice are starting so more are going to get sold so if we missed your favorite movie sorry in advance okay um, so also on September 6th we have a movie called Strange But True with Margaret Qualley Qualley oh, I've never had to I say it out loud Qualley yeah. okay. two L's um, recently she, of, uh, she played Pussycat in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood she's great she's where in Fosse she, Burden yeah, where uh, Brad Pitt picked her up just a few blocks from my apartment. I yes. drove past it this morning. Uh, um, um, it, yeah, but she plays uh, a girl who gets pregnant and says the father is her boyfriend who died five years ago. Who knows? Oh, classic um, excuse. Classic excuse. Um, uh, she was also uh, the best part of the uh, of Native Son, the recent okay. HBO oh, right. uh, modern day retelling of the Native Son. Wasn't I? Didn't think it was a very good movie. She's fantastic. Um, there's also Ms. Purple, which is the new Justin Sean movie set in L.A.'s oh. own Koreatown. 
Um, I enjoyed his last film. There you go. Uh, Zeroville's finally coming out. I don't know Which if anybody's been tracking this. So it's a James Franco-directed movie with an amazing oh, okay. cast that was shot five years ago based on a very acclaimed book. And then the previous distributor shut down, and then James Franco got me too'd. So there's mm-hmm. been some obstacles. It's just kind of I, creeping into theaters with not much fanfare for I obvious reasons. I figured they were just waiting for that Jacob's Ladder remake to finally come out, because that finally came out after yeah. three years or whatever, and everyone hates it. Sure. Uh, um, there's also one of David's favorite celebrity documentaries um, called Linda Ronstadt Sound of My Voice, for the Linda Ronstadt fans in the house. I, I've seen the first 13 minutes of this movie twice. Oh, that's the one that broke down. Yeah, there was a DCP error at my screen. I've seen the first 13 minutes twice. How are they? Not great, but I'm (laughs) not going to judge a movie on its first 13 minutes. It is directed by those two guys Mm -hmm. whose names I can't remember right now. Rob Epstein, Jeffrey Friedman? Yeah, there's a Jeffrey Epstein in there somewhere. Yeah, but it's not. (laughs) But it's not Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. But yeah, that's what I have for September 6th. September 13th, uh, we've got, well, uh, on the list of movies that I've seen, uh, there's one, uh, Monos, um, which I've The Hands of Fate? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm specifically not saying it that way. Ah, oh, The Hones of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, Monos, I guess, means, like, monkeys, but it's also a slang for, like, bratty kids, I guess. Mm. And Monos is a movie that in which uh, it's about child soldiers in some sort of alternate reality or maybe near future uh, unexplained uh, war where they've kidnapped an American doctor played by Julianne Nicholson hmm. um, and uh, it's pretty interesting it's it's uh, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, experiment in that it never explains anything about what the war is or where these kids came from even what country they're in Sweet. it doesn't as I described it on the movie journal it's basically the whole movie is basically just a long second act there's no build up there's no ending to it it just sort of is about uh, them traveling across uh, the countryside in the midst of a war where all the soldiers are children except for a few sergeants who show up every once in a while to boss them around and yell at them um, and then this doctor that they're transporting across the countryside and uh, yeah it's interesting a lot of beautiful cinematography Right. So that's Monos. And then we've got the Goldfinch, which is one of the uh, mm-hmm. yes. uh, future This Had Oscar Buzz uh, podcasts. We, uh, we were talking about this the other day. We were wondering, has any movie that like became a thing, became an Oscar thing, come out in September? I know, right? Because I think September is where they put the things that they had high hopes for that just didn't quite shake out. But now they're priming the pump. They're getting the audiences ready for, hey, True. it's the time of year. It's like... By showing them a trailer that makes no sense. I've seen this thing like three times. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the one thing that's conveyed is like, there is something going on here. <laughs> well, I, somebody important. sure wrote a book yeah. about this. Yeah. I did read the book. So I, I didn't love the book. Here's my spicy literature take. Um, it's really long, as I'm sure you know. It's over 700 pages. And I think somewhere in there is a good 300 page book. How about a two hour movie? Yeah, but this is what I'm saying is that so much of it is like 
it doesn't advance the plot, which is fine, but it also doesn't add character. It doesn't add ambiance. There's so much that, like, when I finished the book, I was like, I don't understand why this book is as long as it is. So I think it could actually be easily condensed. Like, that's not the concern I have at all. Because I was going to say, why are they not making a miniseries? What is this, the 90s? Yeah, I just... (laughs) They made a two and a half hour movie instead. Shot by Roger Deakins, so that's something. And it's it's, uh, directed by John Crowley, who directed Brooklyn. Yeah. And it's Um, Luke Wilson's return to respectability. Yeah, it's... Where, Where was he? Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. I, the cast is really great, not only in that it's actors that I like, but also having read the book, I feel like everyone is very well cast. Um, I know they had like a lot of money on this one, so they could kind of do whatever they wanted. So who knows? I think it could be good. To All speak right, um, to uh, the Oscar thing, so... Um, one of my lectures uh, for the class that I was teaching in July had to do with uh, publicity and release dates. Um, and then, like, if you wanted to go the prestige route versus, like, the mainstream uh, thing. Uh, so I looked up the best pictures from 2008 to 2017 and, like, when they were released. So, like, Shape of Water is December, Moonlight, Moonlight is October, Spotlight is November, Birdman is October, 12 Years a Slave is November, Argo is October, The Artist is October, The King's Speech is September, uh, The yeah, Locker is June, and Slumdog Millionaire is August 30th. I think uh, you're wrong about The King's Speech. I think it might be... Checking I, that's the, that's a, a, a specific uh, release date. I think it was like the U.S. release date or something like that's that. That's probably even the TIFF date, because I remember seeing that on Christmas Day. Yeah. There's no way it would have been in theaters yeah. if it came out in September. I don't know. Unless it was re-released in theaters for Oscar purposes. I'm Uh, finding out how wrong you are. Well, I will point out that, uh, Scott, your Luke Wilson uh, uh, dig there. Wasn't a dig. I'm excited to see him back. It reminds me that you were not a fan of Brad's status, which Uh, I liked. Yeah, but even that was three years ago. And if Brad's status is like (laughs) his respectable turn. (laughs) Low profile. Uh, Telluride Film Festival. So, yeah. So, even that, yeah, September is pretty rare. Like I said, Slumdog is the end of August. Uh, But you have to go back 10 years for like, and these are just winners, but still. That's what I'm saying. This is the like expendable front line, the stalking horse or whatever. This is like, (laughs) I know you're not going to see the light between. Oceans, but you're aware that right. this is what's coming. That was a good movie. Right. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I love the light between oceans. Great, great score by Alexander Desplat. Uh, Desplat, probably. I've listened to it on Spotify many times while writing movie reviews. <laughs> Tight. Uh, speaking of a cast that I like, which someone said about the Goldfinch, uh, Hustlers comes out. I'm so excited 13th. for Hustlers. Very excited <laughs> for Hustlers. It is the this live is... action feature debut of Lizzo. <laughs> yeah, and Cardi B is in it. And also, Cardi B. Uh, J-Lo. In Julie's notes, uh, she Constance just wrote Wood. down Lizzo in all capital yeah, letters next to Hustlers. Yeah, because it's, it's it's we should all be excited. The return to respectability of Julia Stiles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also um, one I'm excited about. Uh, yeah, and um, oh, Madeline Brewer, who has been yeah. a fantastic in recent thing I didn't watch The Handmaid's Tale but people liked her on that but she just last year um, got a lot of acclaim from the people who saw Cam I saw Cam I saw Cam who was she in Cam she's the, the main oh, character yeah she was good in Cam yeah she's really good uh, Cam was talk about a movie that made me uncomfortable uh, <laughs> it's just not good uh, did it no, make you I uncomfortable because th- of that <laughs> no I, th- I thought it was no, I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it better than you did, I think. Um, but Hustlers but yeah. is based on a true story about strippers who scam Wall Street people out of money. How can that not be delightful? And it's directed by Lorraine Scafaria, who yeah. recently made The Meddler, which Tyler loved. Written and directed yeah. by her, and I loved that movie. Yeah. 
So anything else for the 13th of September? Yes, there is another movie that you and I saw together, which is The Weeknd, oh, which we right. saw at AFI Fest. Stella um, Meggie. Stella Meggie. Um, Sashir Zameda is the star of it. And I feel like she got a raw deal on, S- a raw deal on SNL because she's great. She's great in the movie. I've seen her do stand-up now, and she's really funny. And I think SNL just didn't know what to do with her. Um, I just saw a trailer for it, and the trailer is very bad. So ignore the trailer. Okay. But... It's basically just like a chamber comedy about people at an, an, a B&B for the weekend, and it's just funny, and she's very charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I remember liking it. Better than Stella Maggie's last movie, which was Everything, Everything, which I yeah. thought was didn't hear <laughs> Didn't hear great things about that. Um, we're also getting a sequel to Super Size Me, if that's, oh, that's something right. you wanted. Um, another uh, Me Too situation. Uh, it yeah. was originally going to be released through YouTube Red, and then... He got me too'd, and then it wasn't. Um, he, not that this makes any difference, but f- just footnote, he self me too. Yeah. He got out in front of it. <laughs> he did. That makes it sound like he like, handsy really with himself. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, guys, it's I like, have to come out. So, like a Louis C.K. situation. <laughs> like, uh, um, no, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to have really. I don't know. It doesn't seem to have done anything either way. I, I mean, mean, nobody cared about him already. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kept on not I remember one of the earliest press screenings I ever went to was for Morgan Spurlock's The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. Oh, that's right. Movie, a documentary about product placement funded entirely by product Right. That's because everything has to have a little gimmick with him. And so it was at the <laughs> on the Sony lot, and when we came out of the screening, they handed us, like all the critics got... Uh, what like a bottle of like Palm Wonderful and like all these like right. all this swag and I was like oh, this being a critic thing is fucking great <laughs> uh, I, that was the Ruined first and last bottle life. of Palm Wonderful that I got and now you think it's a perk when they have candy at the theaters <laughs> I know because they're cutting back they're you cutting know? back all yeah. over town Security measures all over town used to be all over town. lousy with candy at the screenings <laughs> yeah. now nothing now I guess you can still get a scoop of goldfish at the sunset screening <laughs> if you want but Sir, I never do because scoop I of the stalest, dirtiest goldfish you've ever seen. That's also because they have a little spoon there, but I'm convinced someone has just walked by and grabbed a handful. Oh, so I, I of course they have. I, Let me I suggest this because I've been to that theater, uh, that screening room. Pardon me. And so I just take the spoon and then I just put it in right. In my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the. Um, uh, I love getting super specific about screening rooms, especially because it's it's coming up on award screening season. Right. So there's certain screening rooms that don't really get a lot of play the rest of the year. The uh, Arenas screening room, which I generally try to avoid because it has like three parking spots. That's the one on Barham. Yeah, I've never mm-hmm. been because you told me there's no parking. Yeah, you have to get there early or else right. you just, yeah. Um, but I remember August Osage County, they had uh, like a, a bowl of, uh, of M&Ms and they had little bowls for you to like scoop it into. And so I get there, my wife and I are there. We're, I'm like, I've, the movie hasn't even started yet and I've finished my whole bowl of M&Ms. And so I go, I'm going to get some more M&Ms. And I realize like, the movie's about to to start and I like start pouring and I realize how loud the like <laughs> all these M&M's being poured into this bowl is and then I walk in just as the movie starting like everyone is like um, and then we watched August Osage County so the M&M's were good okay. uh, what else happened on the 13th um, we have something called the sound of silence where Peter Sarsgaard like tests the sound in houses cool. I don't really get it anyway um, 
Cracked Up is a documentary about Daryl Hammond's mental health issues, if that was something you wondered about. I didn't know about that. Um, also, since we mentioned Oasis earlier, there's a documentary coming, about, coming out about Liam Gallagher called As It Was, which is a very music documentary title. Um, Larry Fessenden is a mm-hmm. horror director that's oh, coming out yeah. with a movie called Depraved, which is Frankenstein-y in nature. Yeah, I was... If I didn't have Tiff coming up, I was going to ask for a screener for that because it sounds really interesting. But uh, hey, if either you guys want us to review it. Uh, <laughs> it um, it's also a movie called Freaks, which is an apocalyptic thriller with Emile Hirsch and Bruce Dern. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, the few people I've known who have seen it have liked it. Yeah. Uh, they, there was, they screened it at Comic-Con this year. I didn't go. There was used to be... All kinds of movies would have screenings at Comic-Con. I saw Snowden at Comic-Con, if you can believe it. Wild. Um, but uh, this was like the only one this year, and I didn't uh, didn't make it there. But uh, it's supposed to be all right. Yeah. Um, there's also one called Can You Keep a Secret, where a woman is on a plane that she thinks is about to crash. So she spills all her life secrets to a guy sitting next to her. And wouldn't you believe it? He works at her company, and they don't crash. So it gets awkward. I don't know. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Although I do have a midweek release for some reason. September 16th is Three from Hell, which is a oh. sequel to The Devil's Rejects. New Rob Zombie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Zombie. I, I know uh, three of the four people at ta- this table know this. Rob Zombie has directed more movies than you think he has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, but it we was nailed a, that round of trivia. Yeah, yeah, it was a trivia, a bar trivia question where the final round was name like 10 movies that Rob Zombie has directed. And it's like, but we did it. Yeah. But yeah, he's made a bunch. I don't think I, I didn't. Okay, so he made two Halloweens, mm-hmm. House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. Lords of Lords of Salem, Lords is that Salem. what it is? Yeah. Um, I think that's it for me. Um, the one, um, not more if you what it was called. Yeah, but we know. got it at the time. Okay. You had this cornered. Is it called like thirty? Oh, yes. There's, yeah. yeah, there's one that's a number. Yeah, yeah. there's thirty Pro- uh, co-produced by Eric Thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Friend of friend of the show. Yeah, we uh, yeah we 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 got a bunch of them. I can't remember what they all were now, but. Uh, we, we did it. All right, so on to the 20th. Um, include, I'll start with the one I've seen. Where's my Roy Cohn? I hated it. You can hear me talk about it in the movie journal. Also coming out that day, uh, apparently in theaters, I still can't wrap my head around it, but the Downton Abbey movie? Sure, okay. theatrical release? The thing that you have to understand about the Downton Abbey movie, I was surprised to read about this, it's Fandango pre-sales are higher than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This movie is going to make bank. Wow. Yeah. People are going to come out for it. I don't know Yeah, I guess you. so. I'm, uh, I'll find something else to do that weekend. Like, maybe <laughs> go see Ad Astra, which yeah. is the movie yeah. that weekend that I'm really excited for. Aren't we all? Yeah. You're James Gray. In space. James Gray in space. <laughs> James Gray in space. I, I read a quote from him that is short, but I have to read it verbatim because sure. it made me laugh very hard. So he was doing an interview about it, and he said, quote, because he, because of the, the Fox-Disney merger. So, like, it was supposed to come out a long time ago, then the merger happened, and it kept getting shifted around. So he said, My movie is a tiny pimple on the rear end of a $71 billion elephant. Having said that, Disney loves the movie, and they've been really cool about it. <laughs> so, and I was like, those two things are opposites, but okay. Okay. Is the film simply meant to evoke schlocky space movies of the 90s and 2000s because Liv Tyler's in it she was in Armageddon Tommy Lee Jones Donald Sutherland and Lauren Dean are also in it and they were all in Space Cowboys 
Weird. And it's just a little bit like the. Uh, I was like, this like would, okay, Don Sutherland. Your, your theory yeah. would require people remembering that Space Cowboys existed. <laughs> That's true, but. And it's uh, not like Tommy Lee Jones and Don Sutherland aren't great actors. Yeah. True. But then Lauren Dean shows up, and he's not a bad actor either, but like he's not. I don't know. It's It's an odd. I'm sure he was the best person for the role, but the fact that he played a significant role in Space Cowboys is, uh, I don't know, it's its odd to me. Did everyone here see Space Cowboys? I did no. see it, yeah. Theatrically. So I, mean, did I. I was like all of 14 when it came out or something. So uh, I don't I was obviously a little, but do you remember yeah. Tommy Lee Jones' death in that movie? No. Okay. Wait, I mean, so I remember he, his corpse is just hanging out on the moon. But this is the thing. <laughs> they weren't on the moon. The, the whole thing was... His whole thing, he wanted to be an astronaut, he wanted to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. Their mission isn't to the moon, but they need to, like, jettison dead... I don't know. He need, Someone needs to s- sacrifice themselves. Right, right. And so he, like, takes a pack and points himself in the direction of the moon in space. Right. And just, like, goes and dies. And then, like, you see his corpse. It's like, oh, he made it to the moon. And the song in the soundtrack is Frank Sinatra singing Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> that's a strange, strange wow. film. Yeah, the other thing that's really strange about that film is the... the um, the prologue, the black and white prologue, has mm-hmm. all younger actors playing the main characters, yeah. but voiced by the li- lip syncing yeah. too. Oh, so it's no. like it's like Donald Sutherland's husky voice <laughs> oh, coming no. out of this like twenty three year old. And then like there's like yeah, James Garner, just this <laughs> yeah. very old uh, old voice coming out of oh this fresh faced newbie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't care for that. What an odd movie. Uh, oh, glad boy. I saw him in the theater, though. Anything else on the 20th? Yes, uh, Rambo 5. That's right. That's right. I can't yeah. get myself worked up for this. I like the last one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've only seen the first one, which I kind of love. Uh, yeah, the first I one's seen great. Any, I haven't I seen any of the others. Pretty good, and yet I, I don't care about this. Never seen a Rambo. I don't think I like movies Damn. about Rambo. Scott, maybe that's my thing. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I Son of that. Rambo. That's fun. <laughs> Son yeah. of Not Rambo. Not as fun as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Which, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, is not canonically Rambo. It's right. about it's spelled the same. Yeah. British kids making their own Rambo. Um, there's also Loro, the new Paolo Sorrentino movie, which, which is about... Which I saw at TIFF last year. As one or two? I saw it as one. Okay. That's how it's coming out here, right? That's how it's coming out yeah. here, and yes. it's coming out as two movies in Italy and elsewhere. I think it already did, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, um, they love that guy over there. Yeah. And I will say... Silvio Berlusconi or yeah. Paolo Sorrentino? Paolo I mean, <laughs> depending on the year, both. They, True. They seem to like Silvio Berlusconi for some reason. Um, I'm a Paolo Sorrentino fan. Uh, I, I think you are too. I can't remember about you guys. Hate him. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> and this one is just okay. This is not... Okay. This okay. is not... Not essential. Best. Yes. Okay. I think the, he did Youth, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great Beauty. That, which I didn't see. I think oh. I've only seen Youth, which I really liked. Uh, yeah, I liked Youth. I really liked The Great Beauty. And I liked Il Devo. Yeah. I never saw the other, his first English language movie, This Must Be the Place, with the guy, oh, yeah. Sean Penn. Oh, That's right. Yeah. That movie existed. Yeah, Everybody I never saw does. That um, right. We also have Corporate Animals, which is directed by Patrick Bryce, who directed The Overnight. Which I didn't like. Um, it, coworkers get stuck in a cave on a team building trip. Of note, it has a voice cameo by Britney Spears. Oh. Sure. The Return to Respectability of Demi Moore. Yes. Sure. Big theme this Hollywood this Hollywood season. <laughs> there's always there's always Fall someone season. coming back. Yeah. You know? Um there's also Villains, which is a thriller with Micah Monroe and yeah. Bill Skarsgård, aka mm. Pennywise. And there's also a Between Two Ferns movie. I know, I just found out about this. On I'm Netflix. Excited. Yeah, I like Between Two Ferns. Who doesn't? Do you I like don't it know. for eighty plus minutes? I'm assuming that's as long as it's gonna be. Yeah, I mean I guess I've just like 
I don't know what they're going to do with the premise. Like, I assume it's more than just like back to back interviews. And I'm kind of at a place where it's amazing if it was one long interview, like by dinner with Andre. <laughs> I don't think so because they they had a list of people who were in it. And right, it's, it's like huge. Yeah. A lot of people. So who knows? I mean, he's a funny guy, and it could be funny. I don't know. That's going to be on Netflix, of course. All right. On to the 27th? Or yes. is that Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, the one thing I have for the 27th, you ever have this thing? <laughs> I, nope. seem to, I seem to have it a few times a year. Never experienced this. Where there's a movie coming out that all the warning signs are, this is going to be bad. Oh, sure. And yet I'm oh, like, yeah. I can't wait to see yeah. this. Not because, not as a train wreck thing, I'm like, no, I'm holding on to the shred of hope this is going to be good. Yeah, I have so, this very regularly. Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland yep. is enough <laughs> in Judy to make me go... I hope this is good. I'm very it's concerned. Probably not. I it's directed by Rupert Gould, who made True Story, which was a crock of shit, ironically. <laughs> um, True, was that the one with James Franco? James Franco and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, and, yeah. Uh, that was a very good movie. Uh, who's... Uh, uh, Oh, who is his wife? Who is Jonah Hill's wife in that? I think it's, uh, what's her name? Someone way too off for him as usual. <laughs> no, from, uh, Rogue One. Um, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. Yep, I was right. The, uh, <laughs> but like Felicity, yeah, Felicity Jones, the good actors who can't seem to pick a good movie. Yeah. Um, including Rogue One. What's that? Including Rogue One. Oh, I like Rogue One. <laughs> I know. It is but a good movie, but she's not, I don't think that she doesn't yeah. have much to do in it. But like, um, Oh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself because she's got another movie coming out this fall that I actually am looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, Judy probably going to be bad. It yeah. can't be, but I I really want it to be good. Yeah, I don't know. Every once in a while, this happens. I liked I Tanya was the one that I was like, I'm really looking forward to this. It's probably going to be bad, and I liked it. It comes out. Uh, Judy comes out the weekend. My mom's coming to town, and I uh, have high hopes for passing the time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do you have on the 27th? Um, we have Abominable, which is an animated movie about the Abominable Snowman. Cute. Um, we have The Laundromat, new Steven Soderbergh. Oh. So that so there's a bunch of Netflix dates on here, which I should just give the disclaimer that this year Netflix is like pretending like they give a shit about theatrical windows. It's a very convincing act because they have 10 different films coming out with... Uh, theatrical exclusive windows. So for all of these, I wrote down the date they're coming out theatrically as well as Netflix. Okay. So this one comes onto Netflix September 27th, comes on Netflix October 18th. So theater September 27th. Listen yes. to yeah. this cast. For the it's quite a cast. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, all right, Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Sharon Stone. Who cares? Uh, and then, like, <laughs> like David Schwimmer, uh, James Cromwell, Antonio Banderas, Robert Patrick, Will Forte, Jeffrey Wright, Chris Parnell. I mean, it just, it keeps going, and it's, like, really great, reliable actors. Like, Soderbergh uh, can get anybody. Lots I, of returns I guess that's true. Yeah. There. It's, it's funny, too, because he... Um, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh is like the perfect filmmaker for Netflix because he's been very upfront about the fact that he doesn't care if anybody sees his movies <laughs> as long as he gets to make them. So this is perfect for him. But th- when this was reported on first, it was like, this is just about the Panama Papers scandal. But then now that the trailer's coming out and stuff, it's like a wacky comedy. Oh, cool. It it's definitely, like the informant, tonally, I think. Yeah, and it definitely, the the fraud element and just even just looking at the photos and like the way the characters are dressed and just yeah. the look of the movie, it just almost has I know it's going to be bigger than this and more involved but like almost dirty rotten scoundrels esque almost almost farcical in a way again that's just based on knowing a little bit of the story and then just looking at the way the characters yeah I think in the trailer they're like breaking the third wall and there's like all kinds of stuff what did I say third wall they don't take it as far as the yeah. Fourth. They're not going that <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> not the rails. Yeah. Um, so yeah, laundromat. Very excited. Going to okay. be good. Um, we also have Sister Amy, which is about 
1920s LA evangelist, Amy Semple McPherson. Amy Semple McPherson, yeah. Yeah, she this, a, this was at Sundance this year. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, she founded a megachurch that's still yeah. here in LA. But they, it's like, not quite a true story, but they like use the true story of her life as a jumping off point for a wacky caper. So that seems to well, be... Because there is a, a whole like thing with her where she was kidnapped or maybe ran away for a while and disappeared and came back and said she was kidnapped. Some people would say, no, she was like off with her lover or something. It's a, uh, yes. Once you start to get into Los Angeles specific history, um, you start to read a lot about, that's how I found out about Sister McPherson is she's very tied to the sort of boom of Los Angeles, um, being this sort of celebrity religious figure. Uh, I I was really interested in the movie and then didn't really hear anything about it after Sundance, but it's coming out. There's a lot of movies at festivals that play that way though like when they're stacked when the festivals like Sundance are so busy that like yeah. good movies can easily play and go unnoticed so yeah. you never know yeah. alright um, there's also The Death of Dick Long speaking of Sundance I saw this one at Sundance oh you did how it, was it uh, it's great it definitely I mean it's a dark comedy it, yeah. it's uh, I mean it's probably both the funniest and saddest movie that I saw at Sundance okay. this year. Uh, uh, it's about basically a group of friends who were in a band, but really they're just a bunch of drunks who hang out at one, one of their friends garage and fuck around on the guitar. And then they have a wild night of drugs and, and, and alcohol. And one of the members of the band, Dick Long ends up dead the next morning. And the other two members uh, of the band decide to try to cover up their involvement and um, uh, if you like movies about idiots, <laughs> I do like movies about idiots. <laughs> yeah, that's I tend that's not what to. This, oh man, uh, that's that's what this is. Um, they uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Of, yeah, there's a there's a part where they're cleaning blood out of their car to to, uh, and they're referencing <laughs> Pulp Fiction. And like, who's that guy who played the wolf? Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, yeah, and then, but the, then the movie goes on to also be very, very sad about uh, uh, sort of a. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, since the makers are the uh, people promoting Death of Dick Long, were too cowardly to quote my review. I'll quote my <laughs> review. It's an elegy for wasted masculinity. That's what I said okay. in my review. Right on. Um, yeah, because it's. Uh, well, half of the directors of Swiss Army Man. Yeah, one it of is Daniels. One of the Daniels. It's Daniel Scheiner, who was at, I was actually friends with freshman year of college. Oh. He lived in the dorm with Scott and I, and, like, you could tell he was a genius. <laughs> like, he was, like, a double major, and he was in, like, 50 clubs. He had a real, like, oh. um, Max from Rushmore energy, but very sweet guy, so I'm glad to see him uh, out there doing stuff. Um, Does he think he's better than me? <laughs> um Unverified. Mm-hmm. Uh, get back to you on that. The movie um, is also full of, and he talked about this at the when he introduced it at the screening. Full of music that these kind of characters would listen to, which means there's a lot Excellent. of puddle of mud, sure. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> sure. In there. There's some. Oh yeah. There's when he's like, "You gotta help me clean the blood out of the car," and he calls his friend. And his friend's like, "I can't. I'm at work." And he's like, "Just tell your boss it's an emergency." He's like, "I already said that last week when we went to see Papa Roach." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, there's also a new movie from Chris Morris, who directed Four Lions. That's oh. right. Um, I don't think he made anything in between. I don't think so. Um, but this one has a good cast. It is Anna Kendrick and um, Dan- Danielle Brooks. It has something to do with terrorists overthrowing the government. He seems to love What's making a movie about terrorists. The Day Shall Come. Cool name. Yeah. Um, there's also a new uh, Takashi Miike movie, First Love. Spoilers, I saw it last night. Oh, yeah? And you know what, Scott? If you like movies about idiots, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a movie about a, a boxer who has just been informed that he has a terminal brain tumor. Okay. He's walking down the street despondent. He sees a young woman running and screaming in terror away from a man. And so he punches the man and knocks him out, inadvertently foiling a... Uh, plot between a Yakuza underling and a corrupt cop to rip off the, the Yakuza, which through a series of convoluted events uh, causes a war between the Yakuza, the Chinese mafia, and eventually a whole bunch of fucking cops that now this boxer and the woman he just saved have to uh, they, they're in, caught up in the middle of and they have to try to... I don't know uh, if you're embargoed from saying it's fantastic, but it sounds fantastic. It is. Okay. And, and I will tell you... Um, the details of this plot to rip off the Yakuza yeah. or how the Chinese mafia gets involved. I saw the movie last night. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, I don't sure. care. No. I don't care. Irrelevant. It's just, it's just this like this heightening about uh, of just a, a bunch of idiot scheming mobsters. Oh, and then this. two well-meaning idiots who kind of fall in love while they're trying to <laughs> stay alive. It's really good. It's also very darkly funny. I'll give one moment away. Uh, there's a guy who gets his arm chopped off. <laughs> And he's so full of drugs that he doesn't even feel it. <laughs> but his gun was in his arm. <laughs> so now with his other hand, he's trying to get the gun, but the hand is still gripping onto it. And he's going, let it go, fucker. <laughs> Yelling at his own severed arm. Oh, I can't wait for this now. Yeah. <laughs> What's that called again? First, First Love. love. Right. And it actually, is, the, the title is not, uh, it sounds ironic because it is kind of like uh, sarcastic and nihilistic, but it actually is also very sweet at the same time. Right on. I really liked it. Sounds awesome. Um, also on Netflix, with no theatrical window because they don't care, is In the Shadow of the Moon, which is by Jim Mickle, who's a director that some people like. I feel like there have already been movies called that. Right? I was just thinking that. <laughs> well, here's another one. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. I mean, we um, got Dark of the Moon, the Transformers movie. <laughs> we have... Common mistake. What was the A.J. Reinhardt documentary from wherever? This year? No, from like forever ago. It's on Criterion. It's... For All Mankind? That's For All Mankind. I swear to God, there wasn't a shadow of the moon. That was just about the moon. Well, this is not yeah. about the moon. I think right. it's just a turn of phrase. Sorry to okay. disappoint. Um, there's also a new movie from a guy whose name I don't want to pronounce. He's the one who directed In the Fade. Anyone want to go there for me? Did yep. From- um, if I saw it, I could do it. Well, uh, um, uh, Fatih Akin. Yeah. Yep, that guy. He's um, great. In the Fade. Uh, cool if, uh, movie. It, yeah. It, uh, really cool movie, but if that's your first exposure, go back. Right. Watch Head On, first off. Um, watch, I think he did uh, In July or Im Yuli, um, which has Mort's Bleib trope from uh, uh, Run, Lola, Run. The guy she has to save in Run, Lola, Run. Um, yeah, he's made a ton of good movies. Yeah, but this is called The Golden Glove, and it's about a real serial killer. Um, played Berlin. People liked it, I think. So, Okay. Yeah. There is a 2007 documentary called In the Shadow yes. of the Moon. I saw it. I think I saw this, too. I saw it at the Cheap Theater in Pasadena. Huh? This really rings a bell. I think we saw it together. No, I think I just what? saw it. Okay. All right. This was before we got together, so I should probably saw it by myself. Your like a secret, loser. Secret life. Okay. Um, yeah, that's... That does it for me for the 27th. Oh, okay. So and for September in and general. September. Yeah, so moving on to October 4th, the movie that we are all currently missing the press screening of, Pain and Glory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the new Almodovar uh, film in which Antonio Banderas plays essentially Almodovar, right? Yeah, so, yeah. it's his eight and a half, basically. Which is exciting enough. People, but people are like, Almodovar's back, but he's, his last few movies have been really good. Yeah, he so, never left. Yeah. He's awesome. He never left. Yeah. 
So this is one of those things. I'm probably going to love the movie, but I'm going to be annoyed by how much people love it because they're going to be overstating how much better it is than his recent movies. It's like, calm down. Well, it's great. Part yeah, of that is like movies. there's a global perspective there because I only recently learned that uh, Almodovar has not been embraced in Spain, where he's from, like for the most part. Like uh. he was like too radical for the fascist mm. government for a while, but then also he just got a reputation as like even when his movies weren't super crazy anymore, people still thought they were. So apparently, this movie is the one that's made Spain kind of come around on him. So that might be part of the response right. of why we be like he's like we like him now. But like guess like net, how, he's been great forever. It's like how German metalheads don't like Rammstein. It's just <laughs> like that. Perfectly analogous, but yeah. And Antonio Banderas won Best Actor at Cannes. So, um, yeah, totally stoked. Uh, next up, uh, a movie that I am highly cautious about, very <laughs> skeptical about. That's Noah Hawley's Lucy in the Sky. Yeah, um, despite not really digging Noah Hawley's stuff, I'm still... Uh, it's Natalie Portman, though. Yeah, I really like Natalie Portman. But, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying is I think Noah, Noah Hawley is, like... I mean, he's... He's coming along. He's had like he's been this like TV it boy for right. a few years because of Fargo and because of at least the first season of Legion and everyone turned on Legion <laughs> uh, and it only got two more seasons. Um, uh, and so yeah, him stepping in front of the or stepping behind the camera for a movie feels like uh, I don't know. It's it's his big swing and I hope it turns out well. Right. But I am I am cautious. It's just he's a little too. I have heard that he's they so hot right Did now. a lot of reshoots and kind of radically altered it. Um, which even if that could result in a better movie, it doesn't always just because it doesn't feeling a kind of disjointed. Yeah. Um, okay. But again, big Natalie Barton fan. So I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. And the real, it's based on a true story and the true story. I don't want to spoil here, but it's crazy. It's weird. So I feel like okay. obviously you can mess anything up and you can make anything good, but like the raw material there is fascinating. It so. also has John Hamm in it. Who is not, doesn't have a great track record when it comes to picking movies. No. Um, or at least getting movies. I mean, who knows? I know he wanted to be in Gone Girl. He like really made a play yeah. to mm-hmm. get that role. Um, but I think like it's just a limit run up against the wall eventually of not being that biggest movie star. Yeah, and he's been, yeah he's been in a few movies. He's got the report coming out this year, which he has a small part in. Um, that's an Adam Driver movie, but he has a small part. He's good in that. I really liked Marjorie Prime uh, quite a lot. It's pretty good, yeah. um, and I thought he was good in that. But it just seems like a lot of when you look at his his uh cv as it were there's a lot of there's a lot of beirut's and yeah. uh stuff like he's that. really good in beirut really dollar right? arm and stuff he's, like that i like him in baby driver actually quite a bit and like oh, there yeah. are a lot of yeah. people giving like over the top performances in a good way mm-hmm. and he is able to like match that and have a huge character shift like halfway through or actually towards the end you're like oh i didn't know this character was going to be this and i think he does a great job with it but zazie beats is in it too i like her i like yeah. her too dan stevens i like looking at yes. his face i like, um, I like a Burstyn. lot of things about about dan stevens ellen yeah. burston tig notaro nick offerman Ooh, Ooh. okay Hello. christopher darga um it was also this it was originally going to star reese witherspoon which is kind of interesting to think about so many movies that fall into that category poor reese <laughs> I'm a, she's fine. I, she's I don't think you need right. to feel bad for her. I think she like left to do a bigger movie. Like I think yeah, she's maybe. fine. I I love Reese Witherspoon uh, unabashedly. I've always been a big fan of all her work, including pulling the "Do You Know Who I Am" car oh, from the cop who pulled her, who pulled her and her husband over for drunk driving. Iconic. And of course Iconic. that story that our friend uh, Mike Siegel told uh, when he was back when he was working for what was it TBS or TNT, and so he was doing like the 
uh, junkets. And so he uh, sits down and it's Reese Witherspoon and he's he's like, okay, well, I'm a huge fan of election. He goes, he's like, you know, uh, I just want to tell you uh, uh, I love election and, and I think your performance is marvelous. And, you know, I just I always wanted to tell you that. And she goes, oh, well, now you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then just moves on. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Uh, all right. Also legend. on the fourth. um I've I'm oh, I've been excited about Todd Phillips Joker movie from the beginning because I'm a Todd Phillips defender. I'm definitely um, curious about it. I'm definitely very open to it being good. I mean, the day we're recording, I believe there's like the third and final trailer. And yeah. Oh, sure. And then it's premiering at Venice soon. Okay. In a few days. Okay. And I I watched the trailer and I'm still very interested in the film for a, a number of reasons and I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to be great. But the thing that gets me is that it just feels like it is so overtly trying to not merely evoke, but maybe just be other movies such as Taxi sure. Driver, such as yeah. King of Comedy. Like yeah. there's a De Niro uh, connection in there. Um, and it just, uh, I just, I hope that it, I hope that the film itself is not actually trying as hard as the trailers would make it seem it is. Yeah. That said, I'm sure Walking Phoenix is going to be great. I'm still going to see it. Still really excited about the concept of it and what it could mean for comic book movies. Um, uh, in that it's not a comic book movie. It's just inspired by this right. thing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but actually the third trailer made me more cautious, mm. uh, not less. Yeah, even if it's not as indebted to comic books as the others, it's still indebted to all this other <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, people are treating this movie very seriously. Like, it mm. is playing in competition right. at yeah. the Venice Film Festival, which makes me feel like it also, just seeing the trailers, like, it's a comic-inspired movie that doesn't want to be a comic-inspired movie. It's right. like, yeah, like, it's based on comics, but, like, this is different, guys. And I'm like, well, you also kind of have to own up like what right. you're doing at the same time. I don't know. Even Mark Maron's in it. Noted yeah. comic book movie hater. Yeah. They got him somehow. I've watched that clip of him on Conan so many times. Yeah. It's so cathartic. <laughs> it also has uh, Bill Camp in it. So yeah, no, great cast. Yeah. Great cast. Uh, um, but I, I saw some tweet or something that was like a guy becoming a psychotic murderer because people don't laugh at his jokes is too real of an origin story, <laughs> which I'm like, fair, <laughs> fair. So what else do you have on we'll the fourth? Really? On the fourth, we have the current war. Finally, finally. the people finally, have demanded the it. People have demanded Demanded the current war. So this was going to come out almost two years ago via the Weinstein Company, so you can connect the dots there. Um, and then also nobody really liked it. So yeah. in the interim, they recut it, and it got a new distributor. So we'll see. We'll see uh, we about did, that current we all, war. We all don't like Benedict Cumberbatch, right? <laughs> Whoa. We've all just decided Whoa. that we gave him a chance. Huh. When people were excited about him from that Sherlock show, we're like, okay. I mean, I've never good. seen Sherlock, so I don't right, know that I can so comment. Neither did I, and we all like heard about him, and everyone was so excited about him. So we're like, okay, we'll see him in some movies, and then we did, and we're like, we don't care, right? We all agree on this. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I do like his Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, I, like I Doctor think he Strange. does pretty yeah. well. That's like that. his ceiling, though. Um, and for somebody who's praised as like this great actor, for that to be his ceiling, I do think, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I dislike him, but I think there are people that, for whatever reason, probably because of Sherlock, they speak of him as though it is a given that he is a fantastic actor. Right. Um, and the, and and I don't, I do not love Imitation Game. I think he does well with some of those. He's fine scenes. Um, certainly wouldn't have nominated him for actor. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm sure that I've seen him in certain things. But that's the thing is like it's not super memorable to me, except Doctor Strange. I like him in the, in. That. I find him very memorable in Black Mass because somehow in a movie of oh that's right truly horrible Boston accents, he gives the worst. <laughs> I don't even remember him. Oh, man. There's a lot of people in that movie. They're everybody, and er nobody is doing the same accent. I kind of like him in uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, Yeah, it's a small enough role. role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but an, imp- an important one. I think he does a good job with it. I liked him. Right. And, then, I and the like fact that we have to like... I, I, watch, I like yeah. Sherlock. Oh, you did watch, yeah. I watched like, the first couple of scenes, The fact but... that I have to like oh. scroll through his, uh, his... This is vocal work, but I love... As much as I hate the movies, I like his smile a lot. I, yeah, yeah. Those, he, those scenes are And that's are more than uh, vocal work. He did the whole mocap oh, thing. See, he got in the that. weird booth. I didn't <laughs> even know that. There are things... And, I, and actually, it might just be that I appreciate the inclusion of the character in 12 years a slave more than his performance. Um, uh, yeah, but that's the thing is, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I'm not going to say that I, that I dislike him, but I do think that he's very overexposed for what hmm. I think he brings a very specific type of presence. Okay. I got, he was um, in four lions. They have to mention four lions. I think huh. right. that, was before, that, that was before I knew who he was. So yeah. I wouldn't also, have isn't Riz Ahmed like the star of that movie. Yeah. yeah. But that's before he was a thing. Right. I, I think it might be, I mean, not that the movie was huge, but I think it's one of the things that maybe helped make him a thing. Huh. Um, okay. Um, Other stuff. So that's the current war, the most anticipated movie. Most anticipated movie of the year. Um, we also have In the Tall Grass on Netflix, which is a Stephen King slash Joe Hill adaptation. His son. I don't know. Um, there's also Dolomite is My Name, which, which is I'm, theatrical on the 4th and on Netflix on the 25th. What were you going to say about that? Uh, I'm... I'm uh, excited about it for you know we keep using that phrase the return what is it yeah Yeah. returns respectability yeah i feel like eddie murphy gets a new chance like every three years like he is up to his neck and comebacks um they uh what was it it was like it it had a title that was like the butler but it wasn't mr church Church. yes (laughs) he keeps getting chances he keeps getting chances and it keeps not working out also the fact that he's allowed on a studio lot anymore is inconceivable given the stories i've heard about him but really yeah I just I he's one that. of the most nightmarish people in Hollywood apparently. Wait, what did what, what was the movie he made with Brad Ratner when Brad Ratner uh used the F word, not fuck the, the <laughs> Tower, Tower, Tower Heist? Heist? Tower Heist. Oh yeah, I like Tower Heist. Didn't see it. But yeah, it's uh, there's just something about like his what he's able to do on screen that I think he's hasn't gotten a chance to do uh, in a long time and when he plays characters that there's an inherent over the topness to them, then it's like, okay, so now you've got, you've got permission to be right. over the top, but you can also find humanity within that. And uh, Rudy Ray Moore is an over the top mm. person. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm intrigued at the, at the notion of it. Uh, maybe I'll break my long streak of not having seen a Craig Brewer film. <laughs> I mean, also Titus Burgess is in it, which no, that's, that's yeah. one of the more appealing elements to me, honestly. Oh, and, and Wesley Snipes is in it. Speaking yeah. of the yeah. return okay. respectability. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have for that date is there's a movie called Memory, The Origins of Alien, which is a documentary about the movie Alien. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the 11th uh, Parasite, which one of us has seen? Yeah. The Three of us have seen. Wait. Well, two of you. Two, two of, of us. us. Okay, two I didn't know if you were including I yourself. You. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, is one of them me? Yeah, no. I'm not, <laughs> These I don't two, know what you're... The two yes. guests have seen Parasite. It's really good. It's Bong really Juno, good. You tell us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's really good. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's tough to talk about because you don't want to give away too much about it. But okay. It, 
it's very uh, contained and thrilling and weird and surprising and all the good stuff of Bong Joon-ho from back when. Yeah, it, it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, which like yeah. some people thought was a bit of an upset, but everyone just went for it. So yeah. once it premiered, um, and I would say like, again, not wanting to spoil too much, I think it has a real get out energy like you know the movie get out not like it's telling you to leave um (laughs) but it it just kind of that fusion of like a thriller with comedy and also there's some social commentary i would say it's not as foregrounded as get out but you know in just trying to think about what the movie reminded me of that was what came to mind it's just really fun it's just like it doesn't feel like you know a can winner art house movie at all it just feels fun so cool great cast great performances yeah also on October 11th the uh, highly anticipated Gemini Man I think yeah. it looks cool uh, yeah so, so do I I wasn't being sarcastic it's, uh, I think they shot it in a weird ass high frame rate thing too which uh, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued to see again yeah I saw the trailer and it's like so there's two Will Smiths the the one that's like now and then the one they de-aged 20 years no. first of all they don't look that different know, to me they had to put the like goatee on him so you can they really the don't look that the, different like, oh he's got some white in yeah, his beard exactly. yeah. um, but the young one is crying the whole trailer and I'm yeah. like I don't I don't get it but this movie has been in develop in active development for 20 years which is wild to me. Like every director you can think of, every actor you can think of has been involved at some point. Mm. So they finally did it guys. They did it. What's interesting is that I I'm interested in the film. I think I'm, I'm excited to see Will Smith in, in both of those roles. Cause it looks like each one requires him to do, to deliver a really solid performance. Um, the one thing that, that gets me about it, I was just like, for some reason, this doesn't seem that high concept to me. I know it is. <laughs> is it because Looper already happened? <laughs> I, maybe it's just that like, I could, the idea that, that it was conceived of 20 years ago, like, I believe it, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and that they just were clearly waiting for technology to catch up. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I'll see it and I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but it's not nearly as groundbreaking as the, certainly as the trailer seems to think it yeah, is. Yeah, I can um, see that. But Ang Lee's no dummy. Apparently he was um, in directing Will Smith when Will Smith was playing the younger version. Ang Lee had to direct him to like not be so confident. He's Mm. like, listen, I know you're Will Smith. I know this is your whole deal. But you have to shave 20 years off of who you are right now and be more awkward, Mm. (laughs) which I think is very amusing. Um, are, what else is that it for the uh, fourth? Oh no! Oh, Wait, the eleventh, rather. Uh, no, we have the animated oh. Adams Family. Oh yeah! Uh, I saw a trailer. It looks like it has a budget of twenty five dollars. I really don't know cheap. what happened there. Well, they blew everything on getting all the the voice uh, cast. No, the voice cast, but also it's clearly going to be like a wall to wall songs type of. Oh really? Kids oh, movie. interesting. If you look at yeah, it's got a lot. The of, one thing that interested me is that we talked. Is that the Al- character Al- design is? Uh, back to like the the comic strip oh sure um which and so i guess i I didn't see the trailer so i don't know how it actually looks but i like the idea of like a gothic darkly funny type of thing but it sounds like they are discarding that but i guess i'm of the generation that grew up with raul julia you know and and angelica Angelica houston Houston. like i'm used to i want my gomez morticia hot (laughs) (laughs) well i mean the voice the actors playing them are hot it's charlize theron and oscar isaac so yeah um there's also a movie called Jexy. It used to be called Lexi, which is an actual human female name. <laughs> <laughs> and then they changed it to Jexy. That just sounds like a typo. I know. Yeah. It's stuck with I it assure you it's not. It's basically a raunchy version of Her starring okay. Adam Devine. So there you go. Oh. Um, also, 
uh, recently announced, we have El Camino, colon, a Breaking Bad movie premiering on Netflix. Nobody cares, right? So if you, if you needed to know what happened to Jesse, And apparently everybody answer. fucking does. Good Lord. I'm sorry. It's, yep. How do you only follow six people on Twitter and you've seen, <laughs> I've seen nothing but scorn. Then stay off of Facebook. Do what I do. Stay well, it's because there's, uh, I've seen no positive reactions to this news. That's the thing is I'm, I'm part of certain Facebook groups and I like to see how, uh, other types of people, uh, enjoy, uh, <laughs> movies. And it's, it is just interesting to me that, uh, don't be wrong. I, I, Part of me is, Jesse was my favorite part of Breaking Bad, and I like the idea of a movie being built around Aaron Paul, because I think he's a very interesting on-screen presence, but at the same time, it's just this, and I haven't seen uh, Better Call Saul, I'm sure it's quite good. I don't know, um, I mean, I've never seen it either. But, uh, I don't watch television anymore. That's right. It's too good for that <laughs> shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> the you from many years ago would be furious <laughs> yeah, uh, if, you, if you heard you say that. Uh, but no, it's just, it's this idea, it's like, man, can we just, I know everyone likes it, and I know Better Call Saul does quite well, but can we just can we just be without Breaking Bad for a while uh, in some way, shape, well, or shape, or form? Well, and some people are just better as supporting characters. Like True. Walt's the more dynamic character, and he's a more interesting counterpart to Jesse, and ma- yeah. makes Jesse an interesting character. Yeah, and and the the fact that, like, Walt makes decisions that ruin Jesse's life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, like, without that, without him being kind of a tragic and comic foil, yeah. uh, the character, I think he's still interesting, and I still like rooting for him. But at the same time, I just it just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. And when we like when are we going to get the spinoff movie about the true best character of Breaking Bad, which is Betsy Brandt's character? Oh, okay. <laughs> just her shoplifting. I thought you were going to talk about uh, was it Lavelle Crawford? Oh yeah, he was, uh, yeah he's no, delightful. Him and Bill Burr as like yeah. a buddy comedy. That'd be that funny. I want to see. But yeah, Betsy Brandt stealing stuff. I would love it. I don't know. There could be a whole Breaking Bad cinematic universe. There you go. Make it oh, happen. That'd be great. Uh, um, okay. We also have. Um, this is in theaters October 11th on Netflix November 1st is The King David Michaud I think it's Michaud Michaud so yeah it's loosely adapted from Henry V like the Shakespeare play version and um Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson what else do you need and Ben Mendelsohn and Russell Crowe right no I don't think I'm thinking of something else he must be let's see and Joel I think you're thinking of Justin Kurtzel's new movie, maybe? Yeah, that's the one. Yes, yeah. that has also going in it. Joel Edgerton um, is Falstaff. That's interesting. Huh. But yeah, uh, so David Michaud did The the Rover and mm-hmm. uh, Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, mm-hmm. both good movies. Yeah, uh, yeah I really like The Rover. The Rover's great. Um, okay, well, is, is that it for the 11th? Uh, one more thing. Oh, okay. This is perhaps niche. There's a movie called Mr. America. I don't know if anyone's heard about this. Oh. So... Okay, this is kind of a, a Russian nesting doll. So there's a, a show on Adult Swim called On Cinema. Which yeah. I don't, okay. So this is like extended from that. Yeah. So okay. Tim Heidecker, and this is, okay, he runs for the DA of San Bernardino. Like he runs to be district attorney. And I can't tell if this is something he really did. Like I can't tell if this is a Borat thing or not. Mm. Like I was trying to read the synopsis and I just got real confused. So yeah. just if you like. That's me reading any Tim Heidecker thing. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, Tim Heidecker. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, all I you it. need to know, it's a Tim Heidecker thing. So also, if that's your jam. If it's based on On Cinema, then it's also Greg Turkington. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's in there too. Uh, who uh, is Neil Hamburger and played himself or a version of Neil Hamburger yeah. in entertainment right. uh, uh, a few years back. Yeah. I'm not knocking movie. this. I just genuinely don't understand. So if this is your bag, 
good news for you. Good. Um, and then there's also a midweek thing, which is October 15th, is the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That's the title, is Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Is it going to be in cinemas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be where the real movies are. <laughs> so understand. I'm told. I don't know. Yeah, I, it feels like an Amazon Prime special or something. But I guess it's <laughs> well, a, a, a whole ass movie. Maybe it'll just be a Fathom event. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that feel about right? Uh, yeah, I that guess does that feel could explain right. why it's midweek. Yeah. I don't know. Incidentally, oh, yeah. looking, I was looking at the plot synopsis for Mr. America. Trying to make sense of it. And I just love this phrase. Or this sentence. After beating a murder charge for selling faulty e-cigarettes at an EDM festival, <laughs> Tim seeks revenge by running a campaign to unseat the San Bernardino. You know, you know, you know. That's just so delightful. Yep. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Onsen is pretty great. Um, the whole, like, Tim, Tim Attica and Greg Turkington play themse- versions of themselves who host, like, a Cisco and Ebert type show. Mm-hmm. But Greg Turkington is the only one who's actually a cinephile. But even then, he's a, like just below the surface level no. type of type of cinephile um and uh tim heidecker is just using any avenue he can to get more fame and doesn't actually no. care about movies at all and then ends up starring and uh bec- becoming an action star it's uh yeah there's a there's a whole mr america is just part of the extended universe that sure. i don't know that much about <laughs> guys i Our, was just joking about it but jane soundbob reboot is a fathom events right. <laughs> i swear to god <laughs> all right that makes sense once he said it i was like that midweek date it's yeah. gotta be it's gotta be all right, let's move on to October 18th, which is going to be a left riot of a weekend. Uh, Greener Grass is a movie I'm looking forward to, uh, partially because of just the cast. You've got Darcy Carden, Dot Marie Jones from uh, Glee, Glee and, oh, and yeah. Nip Tuck. Um, you've got uh, Beck Bennett, who is uh, mm. uh, hilarious. Neil Casey, Jim Cummings. You've got some some good people in there. This is about a um, suburban soccer moms find themselves constantly competing against each other, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it looks pretty funny sweet yeah. okay uh also very funny jojo rabbit comes out that uh that weekend which i've i like taika ytt i'm looking forward to this uh this movie in which he plays someone uh, a kid's imaginary best friend adolf hitler um it does unfortunately have Rebel wilson in it but other than that yeah. it, it, it looks pretty good i only i i only like hunter the wilder people of his movies the rest i find kind of strained this looks pretty strained yeah it might be uh, but I'm looking has Scarlett Johansson in it. it has so. Scarlett Johansson in it. Her taste is not to be trusted. <laughs> I'm just saying you have a big old crush on her, so you can find comfort there. Has Sam Rockwell? His taste is not to be trusted. So keeping the laughs coming, Zombieland, Double Tap, another. I'm kind of intrigued. No, see, this is Why? the uh, this is the Breaking Bad movie for me. This is the sequel. I'd, I'm, I never like that's the difference. I like Breaking Bad. I don't love it. I like it. I didn't ever even like Zombieland. I didn't I like Zombieland either. But I guess the fact that they got emma stone back that's what i'm saying is how much money did they have to give they her? either gave her a lot of money or it could be a kind of fun movie i don't know yeah she probably had a lot of fun it doesn't seem right? like the kind of movie they had a lot of fun making it seems like a blast which yeah. doesn't necessarily make for a good movie well that's for sure right. um uh, so and then finally in this laugh riot uh of a weekend can you see that i'm gonna maybe go uh, throw you a little like a curveball i never here. saw it coming uh the next big comedy that hit screens is the lighthouse robert eggers uh follow-up it's actually supposed to be really funny is it uh, is, that, is yeah. that true oh i didn't think i mean like funny. in a lighthouse kind of way uh, in a lighthouse kind of way like we all know what kind of movie the lighthouse is gonna be right. so when i say it's really funny like you get a sense of what kind of humor i'm talking because it's like a lighthouse weird humor. black yeah. and white period piece yeah. but yeah yeah okay but you've got a uh, robert Willem pattinson Defoe. again yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it looks great. I can't wait. To I'm see really it. excited for it. Yeah, 
We all saw The Witch, right? I never yes. saw The Witch. Oh, it's terrific. That's what I hear. I think you would really love it. it I'm not like totally on board with the modern horror boom, but that one is really amazing. Well, it's like it is a horror movie that got a lot of press, but I don't think it fits in with anything. Uh, I think it mo- kind of fits like, in. Like it's a similar vein of like a Babadook or uh, uh, it follows kind of. May, uh, maybe in that in that it's atmospheric right. and maybe kind of that slow burn type yeah, exactly. thing. Tyler really wanted but to I, throw it to a certain extent at you. Oh, did I, <laughs> oh I didn't. No, you say. didn't. But that's oh, okay. I can tell coming. you want to because yeah, that's your edge. way of no, saying no. I mean, it's it's obviously it was made in the same time frame as those, right. uh, and so I feel like. Uh, and it's hard to know if it would exist if not for movies right. like that, that that came out. But it's just, it's so, it's just such a unique, weird, yeah, for sure. Film. It's it it were it operates as a really great drama yeah. on top of everything else. But then I guess so does the Babadook. Um, yeah, it's it's. I always I, when I saw The Witch, I was like, this is just a this is a miracle of a film. I don't yeah. know how it's really great. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm even more excited for the Lighthouse. And for whatever else comes out on the 18th. Um, like Maleficent Mistress of Evil, for instance. I don't know. <laughs> did you see the first are, are Maleficent? Are you saying it's coming out that day? I am. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the first one. Isn't uh, oh. Michelle Pfeiffer in this one? Ooh. Oh, oh maybe. Right. I feel like somebody of note is in it. Is she going to have a cheekbone off with of Angelina, Angelina Jolie? Jolie? <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah. New Maleficent. Um, there's also a new Francois Ozone movie hmm. um, called By the Grace of God, which is about, um, it's about like the Catholic abuse sex scandal, but uh, a case that was specific to France. It was like a real life case he based it on. Um, loved me some Ozone. Me too. Did yeah. he have a movie last year? I feel like we were ozone Double Lover? Oh, that's right. That was, was that last crazy. Year? I didn't see that. Yeah. I, think it was la- I think it was last year. Um, so yeah, this looks good. Um, there's also... Um, a movie called Les Miserables, which has no relation to the book or musical, which is confusing. They knew what they were doing, but it's the debut film of a guy whose name I will not remotely attempt to pronounce, but it uh, was really well received at Cannes. It's about tensions between different neighborhood gangs. I think it kind of addresses the rise of white nationalism in France. So that's yeah, supposed to be terrific. Um, I made my guide here too long ago because I had that in the tbd not yet announced mm. yeah i think it just got dated a few uh, okay. days ago yeah um yeah amazon picked it up so they must think it has some like i'm gonna say awards or commercial potential Lodja lee yeah maybe, i'm just i'm just not gonna do it okay. i don't know um yeah that's all i have for that day so then um the 25th is frankie which is yes. what now <laughs> um it's <laughs> i literally just wrote down the name <laughs> I could not tell you what it's about. It's just a guy. No, um, it's the newest Ira Sachs movie. Oh, yeah. 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 I love Ira Sachs. Uh, yeah. This wasn't terribly well received at Cannes, but sometimes Cannes just gets it wrong. I mixed. Cannes just gets it wrong had sometimes. Its, it had its defenders, for sure. But also, like, freaking, the last Ira Sachs movie wasn't really received at Sundance, and they were wrong about that one, too. That's was a that good Love movie is Strange? Or no. Little Men? Was, yeah, Little Men. That's a good yeah. movie about kids. Oh, Little Men. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And this one has Marissa Tomei and Isabelle Huppert. So, like, yeah. how bad can it be? You know? Yeah. It's automatically got to be terrific. Yeah. And Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Got a whole, whole slew of people. I think it's a all takes place in one day movie. If you're Sweet. Into that. I am into that. Unless yeah. it's about kids. Right. You know. 
how much trouble I can get into What's one, one day? day in the life of a kid? Come on. <laughs> Watch some cartoons. Yeah. Uh, what, what else what do you else? have for the 25th? For the 25th, um, there's Black and Blue, which is about a cop played by Naomi Harris who captures corrupt officers murdering a suspect. On, she captures it on her body cam. So they're incorporating body cams into thrillers now. Good. So she used to go on the run. Weren't there body cams in that Jake Gyllenhaal movie with the... Uh, yes, like End of Watch. The, yeah, half the movie was on body cams. Yeah, but was it like a central plot point? Because it is here. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, there's also a movie called Bad Trip, which no. is... No? That's not coming out till 2020 now. Oh! oh insider Intel. Well, then... No, that's announced. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, February 2020. February 28, 2020 is well the release date for Bad Trip. Forget I said it. But it's, um, uh, yeah, if you're I'll into. I'll never forget you said it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, but if you're into adult swim type of humor, it's uh, Eric Andre's uh, hidden camera prank uh, movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I like Eric Andre, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's also The Last Full Measure, which is a true story about they were deciding whether to give a medal to a fallen Vietnam soldier. has a huge cast, including Peter Fonda, notably. Mm. Oh, um, I don't think it's technically his last role, because he has some other ones in the can, so who knows what will actually be last, but that's... The penultimate full measure. Sure. Um, there's also a movie called The Kill Team, which is an adaptation of a documentary by the same director um, about a soldier who reported that his fellow soldiers were gunning down civilians and then were worried that, were worried that those soldiers were going to kill him. So, could be tense. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's what um, I got. Oh, I also have two more that are October TBD. Okay. Um, one is The Cave, which is a documentary about a mostly female-run underground hospital in Syria. It's the director of Last Men in Aleppo, another name I will sadly not attempt to pronounce. Yes. And then there's... I could swear that one had a date now. Oh, really? I got an email, like, today. Oh, okay. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, well, while you're working on that, there's also Western Stars. Uh-huh. Yeah. For the Bruce Springsteen Bruce. fans in the house. So, you saw the trailer. It's like a co- half-concert, half-music video. What yeah. would you... Yeah. Well, no, like half concert, half documentary. Okay. Yeah, because it seemed like there's a lot of like him talking to the camera about being Bruce, about True. living some regrets. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Bruce stuff. Classic Bruce stuff. Yeah. October 18th for October the October 18th. Okay, well, there you go. I knew I got some today. All right, so we're moving on to November then? Yes. Eleven uh, one Motherless Brooklyn. Edward Norton's long-awaited yeah. return to respectability behind the camera. <laughs> after, and in front. Yeah, but I'm saying the last time he directed the movie. He was in Birdman. I guess that was five years ago now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a bit. I'm just saying the last time he directed the movie, he <laughs> was the one with Jenna Elfman and Ben Stiller. Keeping, Keeping the, the faith. faith. Which I didn't care that much for. I didn't um, see. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, this is another book that I read. This is a book I liked a lot. And I hate to meet that person who read the book who's like, I'm a little worried, but I'm going to be that person because the book is set when it's written, which is 1999, but he changed the setting to the 1950s. And when asked why he did that, Edward Norton was like, oh, well, because it just really feels like a 50s story to me. And I'm like, oh, but that's the point. Like he was doing an homage. You don't have to make it literal. And then he also, he had the rights starting in the early 2000s, so he would have been the right age to play the main character when he first got the rights, Ooh. and now he's kind of 20 years too old. And I In do, fairness, he only looks like seven years older than he did then. I know, but he's still really pushing it. And, like, it does matter to the story. Like, there are a lot of things he changed that, listen, I'm obviously going to see it, I'm going to give it a shot, but I just, like, would be very... I, I'm just very curious how it's all going to shake sure. out. Um 
Yeah. I do I think know. looking yeah. at the the story here. So the he's a private detective who has Tourette syndrome, mm-hmm. and so that's sort of an alarm bell on one hand, but on the other, the change in time period is one that I am actually more interested now uh, in now um, in that like it's like all right Tourette syndrome like okay this could be a. Mm, bit of an Oscar grab. Right. Um, but at the same time, the idea of having this very unfortunate, uh, affliction, I could see, and having it take place in the, in the fifties, you know, when people maybe are less aware of it and they're just like, what is going on with this guy? And I could see it being more of an obstacle then than it would be, uh, in the, in the nineties and certainly present day. And so I feel like, even though he didn't say that that was his reasoning, um, I think that would be interesting. But that's also what kind of worries me is because in the book, like it's the nineties, everyone pretty much knows what his deal is Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Whereas I feel like in the fifties, it would like grind everything to a halt. If people literally have no idea what's going on with him. Right. Because like in the book, he's like tolerated. Like a lot of people find him like grating or weird, but they get what's going on with him. Mm -hmm. He like runs in different circles. Whereas I feel like here, if they just genuinely have no idea what his deal is, I don't know. That's the other thing about the book too, is that like, it's written first person. So, so much of the book is like the interplay between what he's able to verbalize and what he thinks, Mm. where if you can like, maybe it'll have voiceover. I don't know, but I feel like you'll lose so much because he gets frustrated with his own inability to verbalize his rich inner world. I don't know. I will say we'll see. It's a lot for a second time director to handle. Yeah. It sounds, uh, any wrote the screenplay. Oh, good. But it has, a pretty astounding cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, does. Does. Oh, sure. it has Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who's more, maybe one of my favorite uh, actors working today. Also, Bruce Willis, however you feel about him. Leslie Mann, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Supley, Alec Baldwin, Michael Kenneth Williams, Bobby Cannavale, Fisher Stevens, Dallas Roberts, Cherry Jones, Josh Pace, and, uh, and then it Sopranos starts heads, to, yeah. Joseph Saravo, <laughs> who played Tony's dad in flashbacks. Um, yeah. Anyway. Putting a big we'll see on that. I don't know. Uh, also, 11-1, Harriet. Harriet is... Casey Lemons? Cassie yes. Lemons? Casey yeah. Lemons uh, movie about Harriet Tubman. Um, there, it was interesting because there was a controversy that they cast Cynthia Erivo in the lead because she's British, and they're like, this is an iconic American uh, yeah. figure. And I just thought we accepted like 20 years ago that yeah. Brits and Australians get all the roles in all the movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just thought this was a reality we were all on board with, but maybe not. Well, I was Sorry. No, I'm just really excited to see more Cynthia Rafa stuff. Yeah. After well, the real story to hear is the return to respectability of It, it Boy Joe Alwyn. That's in my notes. <laughs> That's in my notes. I was literally going through and saying, oh my God, he better be in a movie this fall. And sure yeah. enough, It Boy Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you got Clark Peters in this, uh, Janelle Monae. Uh, yeah. Bondi Curtis Hall. Okay. Nice. Could be. Could be a pip. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you know what's uh, funny is that when you said Vondi Curtis Hall, my first thought was to then go and be like, I don't know. I don't know if it's economically viable. Oh, yeah. um, but then you went uh, a few years, just a few years earlier with to your Barton uh, Fink. Yeah. Fink. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, I like Linda Hamilton. Sure. I probably won't see this. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay. They gotta leave I didn't alone. see the last two Terminators, and I actually meant to see those. And I don't even mean to see this. <laughs> no, I didn't. So maybe you'll see it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. By that logic, yeah. No, yeah, I haven't seen one since Terminator 3. 
uh, which was pretty good. Like, yeah, I uh, got a bum rap. Mostow was a good, like, yeah, brawny totally. action director. I've always liked mm-hmm. him. Uh, what else comes out on eleven one? Um, well, there's a little movie you might have heard of called The Irishman. Yeah. Oh, right. That's so still that, in my TBD section. I need to update this. I'm sorry. That's why I'm here, David. It's yes. fine. So that comes out theatrically on November 1st, and then on Netflix, November 27th. It's never going to hit wide release, which yeah. is a thing where, like, this keeps happening over and over, and I feel like I'm going crazy watching it, where filmmakers jump into bed with Netflix because they get a blank check to do whatever they want. Netflix is happy because it gives them prestige, and then once it comes time to work out the release date, nobody's happy. Like, yeah. this hap- this exact thing happened with Roma last year, mm-hmm. where Coron was super bummed out about how it all went down, and, like... I feel like I'm going crazy watching the cycle repeat and no one is learning from it. <laughs> like they just get entranced by all the money they get. But and then what, what would they learn? Roma, like they got their prestige. Roma won three Oscars. But they're and talking so like about people just getting a, to see their movie the way they yeah. want. Yeah, sure. To be oh, seen. So what you're saying is you're talking about uh, the filmmakers yeah. not learning. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. They're like the, uh, Ninjas attacking the action hero one person at a time. It's right. Like, yeah. exactly. You just saw him beat up the last four <laughs> yeah. guys in a row. And as people pointed out, about? like... I think he's getting worn out. <laughs> it's kind of a loss for everybody because Wolf of Wall Street made $400 million. That's crazy. And it's just like, they... I don't know. This movie cost $200 million to make, though, which no one else was going to give him. So... That is three and a half hours long. Uh, that is astonishing. It could be as long as I want with that cast. Uh, I'm excited. I could, yeah. yeah, I could sit in it for days. I wouldn't care. Yeah, I the the budget. I like looked at a list of most expensive movies ever made and was comparing how much this cost to other movies. I'm like, I don't get it. I know they <laughs> de-aged everybody. I I know they're stars. I still don't yeah. get it. Well, Joe Pesci alone, they like really had to go after him, and he's like been out of movies forever. He doesn't care. Return to respectability of Joe Pesci. Yeah. Um, to give you a what, sense what, of scale, will be in an intermission though. I hope, I hope so. No, I hope there there has to be. I got to sit. I feel it. like it should be literally if I were president I'd do a lot of good things with people. <laughs> but I would also make a law that if a movie is over I don't know, 140 minutes, it needs to have an intermission. I guess for, I'm medical fine with it. Yeah, for medical reasons. For medical reasons. I yes. guess I'm fine with it. The uh, the time that was report the running time that was reported has it now was come pulled. pulled down on the New York Film Festival website, so we'll see. Maybe we'll it's see. not three and a half hours, but maybe they just took it down because I was freaking out. I know. I also I hope it is. Yeah, I just, so hope excited. I just, I just want there to be an intermission. I can't. That's fine. I guess I I'm okay with that. Let's make a big evening of it. Let's yeah. all just yeah. luxuriate yeah. in the pesci. I also I don't love this de aging thing. I don't because I feel like there's this weird thing happening where Hollywood is not fostering. The, like enough new talent like they are they mm. are through TV but not oh, I through movies I Joe Alwyn's pretty good <laughs> Joe Alwyn is the exception we have it boy Joe Alwyn and that is a blessing but he can't be in everything he can't be in everything so I feel like so we have Alton Ehrenreich for him. <laughs> <laughs> the brunette version but I feel like instead of taking two up and coming actors and giving them amazing roles that would launch their career they spent a hundred million dollars to make Robert De Niro and Al Pacino look younger and it's not just smoothing but out I the just, wrinkles. They have to walk differently. They have to, like, I don't but know. But don't you just want to see more of them in Martin Scorsese movies? So it's like as much as, whatever it takes. I don't care about Robert De Niro anymore. Hmm. Whoa! Coming in. Hey! <laughs> yes, what you just did is way more emotion than he's put into a project since. Admittedly, he's not when been was, Silver Linings playbook. Let, let's just go through the last few Robert De Niro movies oh boy. see what you've actually seen. Oh boy. Uh, probably very little, admittedly. Exactly. Because he go. was great in uh, The Intern, for example. Uh, which, oh, sure. 
uh, filmmaker Quentin Tarantino will back me up on. He was good in Joy, right? He was great in Joy. And uh, he was also in American Hustle, right? Yeah. It's a small role. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, I didn't also good. I didn't see Wizard of Lies. I was interested in I didn't that see one. That. Oh, the, comedian, the comedian, yeah, was terrible. Didn't see the comedian. Uh, Dirty, grandpa. Dirty Grandpa. Didn't see it. I heard he was great in it though. No, that's the thing. He's with both the comedian and Dirty Grandpa. He is not half-assing it. See, maybe it's with uh, De Niro. You get the whole ass. But there's also a lot of movies where at least there was a time in the early 2000s where you really didn't. There's a no, lot of I, that. I completely agree. Maybe know, that's it. Maybe like I'm still lately. City by the sea, that kind of stuff. Lately? De Niro's but, on point. But this is my point is like, it's not a referendum on those actors specifically. I just feel like this kind of dovetails with like reboot culture where we're scared to have new things, new people, new like, you know, so we just cling to these old people. I think it depends on the project. Um, I think it's in this instance where it's like, clearly the movie itself is meant to be iconic you know and so the idea of like you said scott uh, more of these actors not less um especially as far as trying to get audiences not merely to see the movie but also to connect with it in like a deep way uh having these these actors that we're familiar with but we're also familiar with uh from scorsese although not necessarily pacino um i feel like he's trying to really capture I'm reluctant to say nostalgia but really trying to capture our history yeah, it's, with these guys. It's that and it's also I think the movie it's not like it takes place in two distinct time periods it takes place over a long period of time and you need to stay with the characters the whole time and I, I mean even when it's like two distinct time periods you always lose something when you have two different actors you're always like you know it feels like two separate stories. I, I, I actually agree with that as well um, but what I will say is that I'm not I'm not super thrilled about de-aging myself uh, partially because I'm not you to de-age yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not working out for me uh, I must say but um, but no I will say that uh, it's in a way and maybe this is maybe I'm maybe I need to be de-aged uh, because this is going to sound very old um, Considering that a lot of that many of the best films, not all of them, of course, uh, come about as a function of limitation, uh, de aging is it comes out of the idea of a person saying, "I refuse to be limited." Yeah. Um, and so, in the same way that uh, I remember we were talking, uh, I forget if it was off mic, uh, it was a while ago about Rogue One, and I remember I was talking with... Uh, it was on mic. It was okay, like was it? 35 minutes Okay, ago. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I've been kind of fading in and out. Um, a friend of the show and inexplicable fan favorite, uh, Jason Eakin, I hate that you make me say that now. Um, <laughs> I, I do have a gun to his head. <laughs> he was, he was uh, we were talking about the choice to have um, Peter Cushing, uh, you right. know, in that... And that it wound up being distracting, but it's almost like, well, what are we going to do? Not have him? It's like, yeah, you don't have him. He's dead. I'm sorry. Just cast Charles Dance. You'll be fine. Right, but uh, that was, it's, like, it's not like Peter Cushing's still alive and they de-aged him. They just made a Peter Cushing. Right, but what I mean to say is that, like, you just, t- here's what, you know what you don't have? You don't have a young Al Pacino. You don't have a young Robert De Niro. So you now may need to make some choices there. And they made a choice, and I think I'm, I'm mostly fine with it. But it is just this idea that, like, and I'm not opposed to CGI. It can be absolutely beautiful when used right. But at the same time, I like the idea that, well, when you're a fan of Orson Welles, then you know that how amazing things can come out of like improvisation, working within your limitations. Uh, and I feel like 
more and more, especially when you have a $200 million budget, apparently, it's just like, yeah, no, no there are no limitations. Just do what, literally whatever you want to do. And when it's someone like Scorsese, maybe that's for the best. But I feel like in a larger sense, it's just like, no, I want I want people to break through and, and I guess I'm also thinking of where like the age, both de-aging and aging technology works so well in Benjamin Button and nobody's really done it like narr- made it most much narrative and emotional sense since then sure. and I feel like this movie could get there uh, possibly yeah uh, nothing to do with what we're talking about but just speaking of Benjamin Button um, film comment re- on the website we ran a 2009 interview with David Fincher oh, Benjamin cool. Button and he was talking about because so much of it was finished digitally that DCP was his preferred right. presentation format. But he was saying, of course, we have to make a lot of film prints because so many theaters can't show digital. Right. And that was only 10 years ago. Yep. And yeah. it seemed crazy. Uh, yeah, it was so crazy. To well, me. that was right on the cusp. But that was like the year before the whole everything changed. Mm. All right. Uh, anything else on the first? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a new Trey Edward Schultz movie called Waves. Um, oh, right. It you has Sterling a, K. Brown and Lucas Hedges. It's, mm. It comes at night in Krisha. Yep. Um, Paradise Hills, which is like a weird sci-fi satire where women go to a resort, in quotes, to become like better versions of themselves. Okay. Um, uh, There's also Earthquake Bird, which is uh, theaters November 1st, uh, Netflix November 15th, which is a thriller set in the 80s directed by Wash Westmoreland, who did Still Alice and Colette, um, starring Alicia Vikander and Riley Keough. We stand Colette around here. We stand Colette. And... Riley Keough, um, yeah, a yeah. huge fan of hers, uh, and I guess I like Alicia Vikander. She's made a lot of bad movies, but that's not all her fault. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't know about that one. Well, yeah. that's a great. That kept getting. I was like, <laughs> I know. Earthquake Bird <laughs> on its face is just a great title for sure. a movie. Sure. Then you got you keep adding things. So yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's based on a book, so if you want to get even more psyched, you can read the book. I don't know. Jack um, Houston is in it. Sure. Wow. Um, there's also Burden, which is a true story of a guy who escaped from the KKK, starring mm-hmm. Garrett Hedlund, who I want to have a better career. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's great. Do what? That's yeah? right. Sorry, it's okay. Like I've I've referenced the class uh, a lot. Um, yeah, like two years ago, I was in a film marketing class with a woman who worked in marketing for like CBS Films, and so she just had all so she essentially she previewed like two years of movies for us um and but we didn't know when they were coming out and so like since then there's occasionally like oh, a thing sure. so like when i when i saw the trailer for gloria bell for example i remember being like this looks familiar what is this i was like oh right this is my final project <laughs> i had to determine how to market gloria bell um and they obviously uh, didn't use your ideas uh, <laughs> yeah i guess not no my idea was uh, just bury it um <laughs> but uh but yeah and so burden was one that my uh my teacher had very strong opinions on and being and i think she considered it uh, immoral oh oh because well, um, she didn't like the idea of this character being like having a redemptive arc i don't like that his name is mike burden well, well, it's a real that? guy. That's yeah. not his fault. Yeah. But they shouldn't call the movie Burden then. Okay. Well, yeah, it's got, a, it's got a clever dual meaning. I know. That's what's uh, annoying about it. <laughs> Listen, I'll forward um, your complaints to the management. Thank I don't you. tell you. But I, I share, Julian, your feeling about Garrett Hedlund. I like him and I hope yeah. for the best for him. There's a movie that's playing TIFF this year called, uh, I just looked it up, Dirt Music, yep. with him and Kelly McDonald and David Wenham, uh, that I'm really hoping is good yeah. because it's, I like that whole cast. And it's directed by Gregor Jordan, who made 2001's Buffalo Soldiers with. Uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and oh, Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Super dark comedy. 
Yeah, Burden is like that movie Loving, where it's yeah. like that right. was their last name. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, let's hope. For but Burden's again, it's sake like that it's that's their like real Loving. name. What are you gonna do? Yeah, different title. Different title. Okay. Just change well, forward to, your retroactive complaints to the manager. Change it to Burton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's no um, <laughs> There's also the new Errol Morris, um, American Dharma, where he interviews Steve Bannon. Controversial. That was controversial because it was like, is this giving him a platform? And it's like, well, not if he makes himself look like an asshole. And kind of that was the whole thing. But it's getting, it's coming out. Um, there's also a movie called Light from Light, which is an artsy movie about paranormal investigators with Jim Gaffigan. Oh, wow. I'm not just playing Mad Libs. That's real. Okay. Um, there's also an animated movie called Arctic Dogs. Wonder what wanna, that's about. Want to see some Arctic dogs? Um, yeah, that's all I got for that. All right, moving on to November eighth, uh, and I'll start with the one I've seen, Honey Boy. I saw at Sundance this year. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, yeah. how, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> it's pretty good. But I do. I, I, I want to try. I, I, I embrace any chance to talk about how much I uh, have come to love Shia LaBeouf as an actor. I've always been a Shia LaBeouf fan, um, and I feel like he needs to. And I, and I think for a lot of people, he has. But I, I still hear. I was at the. Comic Con, the Leonard Maltin panel, and and it was people like uh, challenging Leonard Maltin on right. his opinions on movies, and Leonard Maltin famously liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Right, I, I never saw that, but someone was challenging him, and one of his main points of contention about how could you like this movie was just it has Shia LaBeouf in it. No. Not like oh, yeah, that's I know, and, and, but there, I think there's still that like because there's st- I, I forget because I only talk to people like me when it comes to movies. <laughs> I forget that there are still people who feel that way about like Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Right, it's crazy yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah, to me, Shia LaBeouf is on that same. I understand why people got annoyed with him. He was a ta- he was tabloid fodder for a long time, especially when he was a drunk. He was really causing problems yeah. a lot of places but he but just now, got out of rehab i think oh is it that recent yeah um and he's always been a good actor he's, whatever he's i think he's a pretty phenomenal actor actually i look forward to, to everything and he plays essentially his own father honey boy is a movie right. very loosely and he wrote based. it uh it, yeah is that right yeah i think so okay. yeah. yeah um but someone else directed it right uh yes uh alma harrell is yeah. that her name um uh, yeah, so it's based loosely on his own childhood uh, and his relationship with he with his father. He lived in a he lived in a motel with his father while he was shooting those uh, Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. I don't know. Hmm. I don't Even know Stevens, excuse I me. Really, <laughs> I don't know what these things are. But when he was shooting those shows, and so uh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf playing his own father. Um, it's it, yeah, it's a really good performance in a in a like I said, pretty good movie. I also still think of Shia LaBeouf as young and so the idea that sure like regardless of what they're doing with his facial hair and makeup like yeah, the idea like, that he's, he's balding in the movie yeah, yeah like him playing it's like you're like four years older than lucas hedges i know he's not <laughs> i know he probably is he's closer to our age I yeah think, yeah i think he's old enough to be his father but like i still and think of him as young. the kid's young he's like a 10 yeah. year old boy yeah so he could and this is you know the kind of guy who probably started getting women pregnant sure. at the age of sixteen. <laughs> sure, <laughs> whoa, just a real piece of human trash. Is that the point you're making? I mean, the movie does not show him in a particularly <laughs> right. great light. Yeah, um, yeah. You've also got uh, acting debut of um, musical artist FKA Twigs. Uh, in I've movie. been waiting for that, and we've got uh, uh, a brief uh, but a good term from uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Finally, a return to respectability. Yeah, a little bit more screen time than he got in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> in which he literally has no life. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, all right, and then also on November 8th, oof, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued, but... The sequel to The Shining, for those who right. don't know. Yeah. But it has Ewan McGregor, which, like, 
firm ceiling on how good that can be. But it has Rebecca See, Ferguson. This, this is just, it does have Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, oh, I like her. But I, I like the, I like. Ewan like, McGregor. When was the last time you were like, Ewan McGregor bringing it? Um, last Days in the Desert. I, I thought he was great oh, in yeah, that. I thought yes. he was last totally fine. I think you're totally fine. <laughs> I know that. But, but like, I mean, like physically, I think you're like totally fine. Stand down. Stand down. Because I was going to go back to yeah. uh, Down With Love, which is great. I still haven't seen that. That was a long time ago. That one's really up your alley, though. I know. Uh, that is your kind of movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I guess if I... I remember I liked uh, him in. I thought he was very good in Haywire. Uh, I think he's actually he's a very fine. reliable actor. Um, he's reliably fine. Our kind of traitor was kind of a cool B like spy movie it's based, on a, based on a John Le Carre uh, novel. He plays the Hitchcockian everyman roped into a spy. Uh, Classic Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. Blank enough to be an everyman. What did you know, just miss here? Uh, I was doing a leg shaky thing and it was uh. annoying her. <laughs> um, and then actually the movie that I don't care for miles ahead he's actually quite good in See, that i disagree i thought i thought he, i thought he really worked i think he really is the white guy they needed to make that movie <laughs> i forgot he was in that and right so. <laughs> anybody else see jack the giant slayer no i missed it <laughs> <laughs> i just said it so i could say it that way no i understand uh, <laughs> all right uh, i didn't, I didn't see beginners is he good in beginners he's pretty good he's in beginners. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah beginners um, is uh i don't know I love 20th Century Women. I, I dug like Beginners. Beginners is... Beginners, greater than symbol, 20th Century Women. I feel like it's it's way too self-conscious. It's way, I feel way that, too, definitely feel that way about 20th uh, Century Women. But it, I don't know. It has a little, like... The, 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 whole, the whole thing with the dog is too cutesy. There's too much cutesy <laughs> stuff in Beginners. Uh, 20th Century Women feels a little more, I guess, just... Uh, Autobiographical and less. I mean, I mean it is. They both, both are. They both are. <laughs> That's more, a strange comment to make about those but two movies. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying that in a good way, okay. beginners feels like he's putting these, the these sort of like self conscious like layers between himself and the material. And I think those layers are more revealing than uh, his. Okay. Theoretically, a, more naked uh, 20th century woman. That's uh, an interesting point of view. I, <laughs> I disagree with it. Uh, I like 20th century women better. Okay, what else do we have on the 11th? Um, but do we have anything else to say about Dr. Sleep? We just talked about you and McGregor. Oh, yeah. Uh, the trailer looks cool, but only because it has parts that look like The Shining, and The Shining's super cool. Yeah, yeah like I, it, it makes me wonder. And of course, with oh. a book, this is easier to do. But when it comes to a movie, it's just like, what does it even mean to be the sequel to The Shining when? Aside from the source material, it has nothing in common with well, it. Well, wasn't it, this is also based on a book? Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's that, and it's like, The Shining movie is so abstract and strange, and like, right. all the attempts to compare it to the novel, like, I haven't read the novel, but it seems so pointless, because it's so, very much its own object, that like, yeah. even moment to moment, but, it feels divorced from any sense of narrative, or... But if yeah. this is based on a book, then it's a sequel to The Shining the book yes. right but they're using the iconography from the movie so like they want oh, that whole tie I'm in there too. Stephen King signed off on that well you know Stephen King got to eat um, no he wrote the sequel right but yeah. yeah but he signed off on them using oh, the, the like the Kubrick, Kubrick uh, and stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it was directed by uh, Mike Flanagan yeah. Mike Flanagan who's much like Noah Hawley he's the current, right. <laughs> current it, it boy oh, but at least he's made movies before uh, I haven't seen any of them but I, Gerald's well, Game I, and Hush are yeah I dug Gerald's words. Game even though it got bogged down in dumb Stephen King mythology stuff that I hate um, which um, I'm kind of nervous okay. about with Doctor Sleep as well and then uh, everyone loves the Netflix series and Michael Mike Flanagan. Did. I know it's supposed to be great. Haunting, haunting of Hill House. Um, I didn't see it. 
so but uh yeah that actually the mike flanagan just mike flanagan's reputation even though i haven't seen any of this stuff sure. makes me a little bit more uh curious i also what heard good stuff about oculus oh yeah that's right that was yeah that was earlier okay um what else do we have on the eighth um well again another midweek one for some reason november 6th is marriage story the new noah bombard yeah, that's yeah. the theatrical release and then oh. it comes out on netflix on december 6th which is the longest theatrical window netflix is giving any of its movies ever which is a little strange. Um, but we the, did it, guys. We did it. But this cast, though, Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, yeah. like it goes on. Wallace Shawn. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah. It, it, oh, I mean, I haven't watched the trailer or anything, but it, it, just the cast alone and Noah Baumbach's been on. Like, he never, uh, he's at that point where I thought he would have tapered off, but he keeps getting better. Yeah. Julie Haggerty's in it. That's yeah. nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we we stand Bombach in, in our house for sure. Um, like I think people really slept on Meyerowitz stories. Yeah, yeah Netflix did. really botched the release of that. Netflix that was an botched incredible it, movie. And Dustin Hoffman had just been That's semi right. me tooed. That's right. It was just a bad bad timing all around. But it's really good. Adam Sandler's so good. Isn't it? So good. Everyone's so good. Yeah. Um, and then back to the eighth, we have Last Christmas, which is written by Emma Thompson, um, directed by Paul Feig. You know who I'm talking about. Um, And it has uh, Amelia Clark and Henry Golding, who's very handsome. I think it looks charming. I think it looks charming. Yeah, that's good pedigree. There's also conspiracy theories about it. Have you guys like heard the conspiracy theory? Basically, the trailer is very straightforward. It's it's around Christmas. It's like a meet cute romance. But I'm not going to say what the conspiracy theories are in case they turn out to be true. But basically, people think there's a whole there's going to be a huge twist. Is all I'm going to leave it at that. So who knows? Looking forward to finding out. Uh, I'm a big Amelia Clark fan. Yeah, I think she sings in it a little bit. No, did anyone else here see Me Before You? I did. She was pretty good. She's she makes the movie. It makes the movie. I think. Yeah. Uh, as far as yeah. that goes. Yeah. Um, side anecdote about that. Uh, I was talking to a friend once and she was trying to remember the name of that movie. And she's like, he was in that movie. What's it called? Hold my wheelchair. Very <laughs> 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 Yep. Um, there's also Midway, the new Roland Emmerich joint. Um, has a huge... Um, oh, go ahead. It has a huge ensemble, but of names you, like, kind of care about. Yeah. And so the trailer's really funny because it does, like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like the names are... Just, uh, going down the list is like each beat goes on, but each name you like care less about than the last one. You're just like, oh, that, that's like what a, we're building up like to. It's like a, um, who? Like Gerard like Butler? That Mandy type Moore. It's that type of guy. Yeah, okay. Mandy Moore. I think an Aaron Eckhart is in Aaron there. Aaron Eckhart. Okay, so you got Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Dennis Quaid. Uh, Evans, I should have said Luke Evans. Luke yeah. Evans is perfect for this. Yeah. I, yeah. I, he's, he's an actor that I have never really cared for. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Ed Screen. Screen? Is that Scrum? how you say it? Screen? Uh, Woody Harrelson. He's an actor I like. Sure. Mandy Moore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. I see what you mean. The Emmy nominated Mandy Moore, though. Oh, Derek, Nick, Derek Nick Jonas. The, you know what? The fact that Nick oh, like Jonas Derek is Chris. in this uh, makes this feel all the more like like the cut rate uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. They got their like, own boy yeah. band heartthrob. Yeah. Roland, Roland Emmerich has found uh, a new better director to emulate or, you know, try <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Never um, liked a Roland Emmerich movie. Not, there's not one that I like. Good call. Yeah, no. I think 2012 I like the best. I never saw that one. It's, it's pretty silly. You gotta like a movie that has two scenes of a plane taking off as the ground's falling underneath <laughs> it. They do that two times. Uh, anybody here see Anonymous? 
Nope. I was so intrigued by it, but not oh, enough to actually Oh, because he's like a Shakespeare it. truther yeah. or whatever? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's also, though, I always make sure, because I like to talk shit about Owen Emmerich, I always make sure to, to put points in his column. He's one of the leading advocates and has been for, before it was a cause celeb, for... Um, there being a stunt category at the Oscars. Oh, yeah. He's been one of the guys at the forefront of that for decades at this point. 2012 yep. also has a moment where a chicken does a double take, <laughs> <laughs> which I was all about. So um, that's clearly the guy to direct Stonewall in 2015, yes. which he did. Um, all right. I remember, um, the, I mean, there are things that I, there, of course, I haven't seen it in a while in earnest, but like there are things about Independence Day I was that I liked from it. just, I didn't, I didn't love it even at the time. Yeah. Um, but there are things I remember liking Will Smith, but sure. he's a very likable person and it just, I, maybe it's just that I respond to certain members of the cast. Sure. Uh, more so than the film itself. Um, all right. We're moving on. Uh, a couple more things. There's playing with fire, which is John Cena and Keegan Michael Key are like firefighters who have to take care of kids for some reason. Oh um, boy. The trailer has a lot of people getting what, what was it like kicked in the groin? I think Naturally. was a major component. Um, also uh, in theaters and then on Netflix a week later is. Uh, Klaus, Klaus. I don't know because it's with a K, but it's an animated Christmas movie. Klaus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably Klaus. Because, like, guys, get this. They're going to have a new take on Santa. You think you know everything about Santa. Finally. I'm kind of done with these Santa origins. Like, yeah. we get it. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's it for that day. I feel like it's kind of not for you as an adult woman. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even for kids, they're probably sick of it. I don't know. How many Santa takes do you need? Like, but, like, there are always new kids, like... To you, they keep making them. them. <laughs> to you, the Christmas Chronicles or whatever just right. happened. But there's a whole like generation who's like, oh, that's that was forever ago. Yeah, I guess yeah. So. because uh, that's how it feels when you're when you're a kid. Um, so. Moving on to the fifteenth, then. Yeah, I will start with the one that I've seen, which is the report. Which um, man did I go in with my guard up? Because this type of like post traffic, sure. trafficy type movie, um, uh, I don't tend to like. I really didn't like Syriana, uh, and this one won me over. It just uh, is it's about the torture report or the enhanced interrogation techniques report. Um, Adam Driver is the lead of the movie. He's the guy who uh, was a Senate aide to Diane Feinstein, I think, yeah. who is played by Anna Benning. Hmm. Um, and he's the guy who uh, uh, was heading up the report for years. And so it, it goes through him researching the, uh, you know, Bush era and enhanced interroga- interrogation techniques. Um, and you see flashbacks to those actually uh, those things actually happening, and then the movie all goes on to be about how difficult it will because the movie the thing has never been published. They published like a very redacted summary of it, um, and I think it's set to be. I think twenty twenty eight is when we're going to be actually allowed to to see it, uh, the full report. Um, and so yeah, it, it's a it, it has that very traffic Syriana type of like uh, it's a whole bunch of small scenes, but um, it. It, it, it really works. It's really uh, the Adam Driver performance really um, holds it together. The movie is also very angry uh, in a lot sure. of ways um, because it's uh, you, you know, he's he's a Democrat. He's the Adam Driver's character. He works for a Democrat. And so a lot of the push he's getting at the time is from the Republican Party. And then it becomes this whole other frustration when the Obama administration right. uh, takes over, and their whole thing is let's move on. Let's right. just sweep this. Man. Mm-hmm. So John Hamm plays um, 
one of Obama's chiefs of staff, I forget which one. Uh, and he's kind of Dennis McDonough, uh, Dennis McDonough. And he's kind of one of the, uh, one of, he's one of many kind of smarmy, banal villains, uh, in this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. Lots it of good director of debut of Scott C. Burns who mm-hmm. wrote the informing contagion side effects, uh, and also, uh, the laundromat for that matter. Okay. So that's the report. Uh, moving on to things I haven't seen. The Lodge. This is in Frankie territory. I just wrote down the name of a movie that's coming out. I have um, no idea what it is. Well, Traffic. it also has Riley Keough. Um, oh, right. It's a horror movie by the directors of Goodnight Mommy, if that okay. matters I to anybody. I didn't see Goodnight Mommy. Goodnight Mommy is okay. Um, okay. Okay, but Riley Keough, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw the trailer for this. It looks yeah. cool. Alicia Silverstone is in it. Ooh. Huh. I like her too. Return to respectability. I am <laughs> really... It started as a joke. Yeah. It's a real thing. I know, it's, it's a real thing. Um, wasn't she in The Killing of a Sacred Deer? Am I... You know what? I think she was. Yeah, she was. She's the kid's mom, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. You're thinking of Nicole totally. Kidman, I believe. <laughs> I totally forgot about that, but you're right. Uh, okay. Um, also on the 15th, Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good old guys being guys movie, right? <laughs> okay. Classic dad movie. I, Cars. It kind of is in the sense that I... Men no, I, confronting themselves but I've, not fully able to. I have forgotten who is in it and who directed it. Um, James, James Mangold, Matt Damon, Christian Bale. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be terrific, right? Yeah. It has a budget of $100 million, which is kind of Those wild. Those cars go real fast. They do go real fast. I saw an article that was like, guys... Don't worry, adult dramas are back, and their evidence was just this movie. So, guys, the adult drama is saved. So exciting. Tracy Letts is in it. Tracy Letts. Josh Lucas, who doesn't work enough, he's great. He's been doing Christian films, I believe. Oh, drag. Yeah. Man, he was so good in The Mend, and then nobody saw it. And, yeah. yeah. He was in, last year, he was in What They Had. Yeah, we saw that. Remember? Oh, yeah. He's only like, yeah. it's a good movie. Yeah. Back in LA. But yeah, he was in so little that movie that I forgot, but yeah. yeah. Good movie. Yeah, I really like that movie. Here's um, the thing. John Bernthal is in this film, who oh. I don't care for. Yeah. Oh, I like But him. maybe he's balanced out by Ray McKinnon, who I do like a lot. Hey, I there like you go. This is a great cast. Uh, James Mangold, when he's good, can be really good. Yeah. Um, I think he's a pretty strong director overall. I feel like, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just going on my instinct, not looking at his filmography, but I feel like he's a hit or miss. Yeah. Logan, Wolverine, Night and Day, 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line, Identity, that's... That's with this in the territory I haven't seen. I've seen Copland. That's the only yeah. thing pre Walk the Line that I've seen. Okay, most of the things you named I haven't seen. Now there but, you go. Um, I like Three Ten to Yuma. Identity. Uh, oh, Kate and Leopold, not very good. Girl Interrupted, not a fan. Copland, I like. Heavy, his directorial debut, I like. Uh, and like the rare star turn from Pruitt Taylor Vince. I feel like. Um, Matt Damon's been been struggling a little lately. Hasn't been picking the right roles. Hasn't been out there as much. But I I wanted to succeed. I like Matt Damon. Sure, sure. He's great. I feel like we take um, it for granted. Oh, he can be a bit of a problematic fave. He tends to put his foot in his mouth. He does, but lot. it's like you can trace the steps and see that it he he doesn't actually he isn't actually a terrible person he just goofed and it he keeps happening mm-hmm. but like usually if you look at the broader context of what he was saying it's not as bad i don't know context <laughs> um that's not on. what we do here okay moving fair. on to the good liar the new film from bill condon talk about a hit and miss director yeah um starring helen Mirren and ian mckellen that's right i, I saw like a that. trailer for this and it he looks so fascinating to me the con artist which Ooh. i buy He's Watch trying to, like, swindle like, Helen Mirren out of her money. Yeah. But, guys, I don't think she's going to go for it. it. 
it's really, I mean, I, I, I imagine they're not going to make her out to be uh, this doddering old woman or anything like this, but just the two of them together and yeah. the idea that she probably is conned for a while before she picks up on him, but probably doesn't let him know it. And just that, that back That's and forth vibe. is really exciting to me. And I tend to like Bill Condon when he works with Ian McKellen. Um, Fair enough. Gods and Monsters. I think he did Mr. Holmes as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Holmes Mr. is good. All right. Um, I remember liking Kinsey. I did like Kinsey. Kinsey. Great. I was just yeah. thinking about that the other day. And then I haven't seen any of the Twilight movies, but I know people uh, did kind of like the last one that he made right um anyway uh so that's the good liar also on eleven fifteen. charlie's angels yeah i just saw the trailer for this looks pretty fun yeah it's say. directed by elizabeth banks who did the best pitch perfect right easily the best p- pitch perfect and what is that saying though? i know i, mean, I don't know <laughs> I, 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 I only saw the first most tepid praise but it's it's actually pretty good but movie. like she's I, been in so many things over such a long period of time that like i think i trust her instincts you know what i mean yeah totally and we all love, we all stand Kristen Stewart in this yes. here, of course. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be a different side of her, kind of like it's her like doing comedy and like letting loose and being like, well, and like you know, she hasn't had a role where she's had a lot of swagger. I feel like, yeah, and she seems to have a lot of swagger in this movie, and that's very yeah. charming. Um, so here's something that I'm noticing. Oh wow, I didn't realize. Sorry, I didn't realize this was a Kristen Stewart Sam Claflin reunion. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> From the Snow White, Snow White and the Huntsman? Obviously. Obviously. The thing we're all so excited about. Um, as I'm looking at the cast, one thing that I'm noticing is that Elizabeth Banks is credited as, credited as Bosley. Yes, she plays As like, is Patrick Stewart and yeah. Jamin Huntsu. There's multiples. That's really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it might be the only thing I wind up liking in the movie. Sure. But that's enough for mm-hmm. me. Look at this. Matt Faxon. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Tucker. Noah Centineo. The internet loves him. Yeah. Who is that? It's the internet's boyfriend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like this with Banks. I liked her on Curve Enthusiasm. <laughs> sure. Do you remember that? A little bit. Um, when uh, Jeff loses his Dodgers cap, I think it is. <laughs> and then Larry sees it up on the roof. He's like, there's the hat. Then she goes, let's call the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what else do we have on the 15th? On the 15th, there are two movies that Netflix bought at Cannes that are coming out in theaters and then being released onto Netflix two weeks later. One is I Lost My Body, which is a French animation about a severed hand trying to reunite with its body. Sounds cool. extremely French. Yeah, but it's like, I don't think it's a horror movie or anything, but right, I think it's very French. Um, there's also Atlantics. Mm. Um, yeah, this is supposed to be really good. Yeah, yeah, it's, I was trying to read the plot synopsis. It, they said a supernatural drama romance. That's kind of that the vibe That touches on labor issues. Right, okay. Um, it won the Grand Prix, which is second place at Cannes. They don't like to call it that, but that's what it is. Um, it was the first film by a black female director to compete at Cannes. Um, and yeah, people really we're into it um there's also a documentary called recorder the marion stokes project which is a documentary about a woman who recorded everything that aired on tv onto vhs tapes for 30 years oh (laughs) yeah and like it like tore her family apart understandably (laughs) but that sounds fascinating so if ever there was a queen of tv i think we (laughs) found her yeah all right so we're moving on to the 22nd yes um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I like Mariela Heller. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I think Tom Hanks will do great, uh, but it's her involvement that makes me much more interested. Yeah. 
You guys? Yeah, I'm looking no forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your What's your He's beef all with sassy Mariel about Heller? It. No, it's more just like the setup where it's not really about Mr. Rogers. It's about this journalist who goes to interview Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And it's, the journalist is a little cynical. He doesn't really get Mr. Rogers' whole deal. But by the end, I'll bet he reunites with his kid or whatever. My week, my week with Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just anything to get Mr. Rogers on screen, but not dive in too deep because we didn't... He's either not going to be an interesting enough character or be too problematic for it to be a perception of Mr. Rogers and just like, have, like real your, have your cake and eat it too cinema. I like your prediction. If there's a scene where he cuts his interview with Fred Rogers short to go make his daughter's dance recital, <laughs> I, I will wait. eat the issue. Uh, but uh, I feel like you get too hung up on what movies are about. It's about <laughs> being directed by Mario Heller. That's it's not the what they're about. It's how they're Well, about again, them. I say no comment to that. But it also oh, has man. Matthew Reese. He plays the journalist, and he was amazing on The Americans. I don't know if we mm-hmm. have American people classic, in the house. This is like, the guy was great on TV, so we give him the least interesting role in a movie. Justin Throw does this all the time. <laughs> John Hand does this all the time. Matthew How Reese dare you? Brian Cranston does Matthew this all Reese the time. Matthew Reese was in the post. Yeah. yeah not terribly he played, interesting. Uh, Ellsberg, right? Yeah. Not terribly interesting. Okay. I will not stand for this. Uh, Frozen 2 comes out in, uh, on the 22nd. Mm. I don't really. Listen, <laughs> I know it's cool to hate on Frozen. I like Frozen. Okay, I was good. hating I just on don't... Frozen immediately. He hates <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think we saw an early screening yeah. of Frozen, and I was yeah. like, eh. I wrote a negative review of it. Assuming I wouldn't be alone, uh, and then I was just like, "Oh, and much oh, less, dear. much less." I didn't think it was gonna like take the world by storm. Uh, oh, storm! <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I care just about the sequel. loved it because it was about sisters, and I feel like there is a surprising dearth of movies that I feel really convey the sister relationship. Mm with like honesty and emotion I know it's a shame there aren't good ones oh my god <laughs> alright I don't know whatever <laughs> anyway also coming out on the 22nd um, I'm cautiously optimistic about the rhythm section it I, that got moved oh it did it got moved to January so you might want to dial Harsh. back the Uh-oh. optimism okay well I didn't like reading Randall's last movie at all uh, I can't remember what it was called Peter Dinklage and Elle Fanning I think we're alone now. I think we're alone. I, didn't care about <laughs> I was going to say we're trapped in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> but this stars Blake Lively, Jude Law, and Sterling K. Brown. All people cool. that I like, uh, and it's about. So I know it's not coming to yeah, January, no, but like, I love the premise. A woman seeks revenge against those who orchestrated a plane crash that killed her family. All right. So it's a revenge movie about a plane crash. But it seems like on a pretty big scale. <laughs> they orchestrated a plane crash like the bad guys in Escape Room. Um, deep cut. Kind of a spoiler. Um, anyway. Uh, and what else do you have on the 22nd? Um, I have 21 Bridges, which is a thriller with Chadwick Boseman. Oh, that's right. That yeah. used to be called 17 Bridges. So they thought we were worth an extra <laughs> four <boy>. bridges. <laughs> I, I hope that... I, <laughs> I hope the number of bridges is referenced frequently and they just had to overdub it yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. I like thought I was losing my mind because I was like working on it at work and I saw a poster for it. And I'm like, no, that's supposed to be 17. And then I kept checking. I'm like, no, it's 21 now. They added I, four bridges. I just imagine. <laughs> There's a deep marketing meeting there. People don't care about fewer than 20 bridges anymore. That's the thing is I imagine these executives sitting in the screening room like, Something. Yeah. It needs just something. Enough. We a need little, bigger stakes. Yeah. It needs more, but just a little more. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, oh, man. That's so funny. Yep. 
glad I wasn't the only one amused by that. Um, also, the new Todd Haynes just got dated for that oh, weekend. That's right. Um, called Dark Waters. It's a true story of a lawyer who fought the DuPont chemical empire. Um, stars Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, Bill Camp, among Mark others. Mark Ruffalo loves that DuPont. Yeah. What? Foxcatcher. Yeah. DuPont. Oh, yeah. That's the <laughs> Crazy. Here's where I'm going to uh, He doesn't play anyone with that name in this one, though. Well, um, neither did he in Foxcatcher. Yeah, oh, true. He okay. played one of the Foxcatcher brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Foxcatcher. The brother yep. Foxcatcher. Here's where I'm going to be a hypocrite. I love Todd Haynes, but Todd Haynes making his a civil action... I'm a little bit bored by the premise and by the title, which previously I think was Dry Run, Dry which Run. is a better title. That is a better title. Than Dark Waters, because it, it makes me think it's a sequel to Dark Water. The, I uh, said the same thing. Walter Sayers yep. horror movie starring yes. Jennifer Connelly and John C. Riley. About evil water. Yeah, I like that movie. And see it. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I'll see it. It's Todd Haynes. But, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the thing is like, rather than, as, as we were talking about a moment ago, like, the premise is, yeah, completely, you know, who gives a shit boilerplate, but, uh, but the idea that I, I'm interested in Todd Haynes tackling that and probably classing up the joint a bit. Yeah. And some of his premises on paper aren't a ton, but then he actually gets in there and sure. right. works his magic and then they become something. And who's yeah. uh, um, Anne Hathaway? Uh, yeah, Anna Hathaway's yeah. in it. Tim we Robbins. all love Anna Hathaway. I love Anna Hathaway, yeah, so yeah, that's a big sure. selling point for me. Bill Camp, again. Nice. Um, there you go. Yeah, and th- there's more people. I was just kind of getting the top names there. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Hang on now. Hang yeah. on now. <laughs> uh, Bill Pullman is in it. Nice. Uh, Victor Return Garber. Day. Return to respectability of Bill Pullman. Yeah. Uh, William Jackson Harper, who I love uh, in The Good Place. Uh, Mayor Winningham. Midsummer too. Or he was in Midsummer. <laughs> they haven't made a Midsummer too yet. Well, that director's cut coming out. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mayor Winningham, who I haven't seen in quite a while. Uh, but yeah, that's a good cast. Yeah, I never know who everyone's like fave actors are going to be, so I right. try to just like do the best I can here. Yeah, well, in this house, we stand. <laughs> Don't list them all. <laughs> yeah, Gugu and Batara, Anne Hathaway, Blake Lively. And okay. clearly Bill Camp. We do <laughs> yeah. tend to, yes. yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, I was thinking yeah. only We're all on the, board with Bill Camp here. The very talented and beautiful women that I also have a crush on. <laughs> the young ingenues. Yeah. Um, also November 22nd, the final film of Agnes Varda, um, which is called Varda by Agnes. Yeah, a bunch of people say it's pretty much just a TED Talk by her, but uh, game. Sure. On board. If my TIFF schedule works out, it'll be the first thing I see. Nice. Literally, at TIFF. And yeah, that's it for the twenty second. Uh, moving on to the twenty seventh, Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, yeah. Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. I'm interested. I'm yeah, very I, excited. It looks I like, like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's good movies. Yeah, but it's like an, an Agatha Christie yeah. style movie, Bloom, right? Most movies. Yeah, that's true about the Brothers Bloom. But yeah, has a great cast. Has yeah. it's like a whodunit. I'm, yeah. I'm here the for it. The tone is what is really striking yeah. me because he has a type of sense of humor but i don't think he's made made anything as overtly funny as this but of course it can't be purely funny because it's also going to be quite horrifying i imagine in some in some cases and i don't just mean like murder i mean like the way the characters relate to each other just sounds very tense i'm excited nice uh, I am excited about Queen and Slim. Yeah. Yeah, it looks super be, cool. Um, directed by Melina Matsukis. Just got announced for AFI Fest opening night. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they announced anything. That's great. They're diverging Just opening from night. films that only appeal to me and 70-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a sharp turn. Um, yeah. But in oh God, in this house, we stand Chloe Sevigny. Danikula <laughs> uh, Bokeem Woodbine. I love Bokeem Woodbine. Who dat? Um, you'll know, if you see him, you'll know him. Right. He has a very distinctive look. That is a very distinctive look. Uh, yeah, he's 
uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, I don't know why the stuff that's coming to mind is not. This always happens, right? That he was in like uh, the well, big hit. Like uh, I remember him being he, in the big he was hit. In, um, what's the terrible David Mamet, William H Macy movie? Edmund is that what it's oh, called? Oh, Edmund. Yeah, yeah. He's in that Didn't terrible. See it. But he got. Uh, he went for a certain class of people. He went from. He graduated from Hey It's That Guy status because apparently he had a terrific role on season two of Fargo. I think. Okay. I didn't yeah, watch I it. So, yeah. I watched but, uh, the first few episodes of season two yeah. of Fargo. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, sorry, Queen and Slim, uh, a couple's first date takes an unexpected turn when a police officer pulls them over. Um, yeah. And they by, go on the run. Uh, what's that? They go on the run. Yeah, oh, it's supposed run. to be like a, a Bonnie and Clyde riff. Yeah. It's written by Lena, Lena Waithe, Waith, based yeah. on a story by the shamed James Fry. Oh. Um, you know, the main little pieces yeah. guy? Yeah. Because he made up oh. his memoir. Right. I don't care. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> this is the, if you read the book and it affected you. Yeah. You still had that experience. He just wrote a good book. Yeah. What do you? What do I care? Well, I think a lot of people that were like, Oprah called him why? on the carpet and forced, <laughs> literally forced him to apologize to her on on, on yeah, TV. Yeah, I know. It's well, hardcore. I think a lot of people were like, if it's just a good book, then just sell it as fiction. That would be. People my, just don't like being duped. Get over yourselves. Yeah. I get okay. duped every day. Yes. I'm very gullible, and I'm All just right. used to it now. See, I may disagree with you on a lot of your opinions so far this episode, <laughs> but we are simpatico on this. Uh, what else do you have on, the, on Thanksgiving Day? Um, another newly dated Netflix one. This comes out in theaters over Thanksgiving and then goes on Netflix on December 20th. Um, the new movie by Fernando Marais. Marais. There we go. Um, the Two Popes. It's about, it's based on a play and it's about the transition of power between Benedict and Francis, played by Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Sounds dope. And Jonathan Price, like that thing was just, that was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, <laughs> so much like him um, yeah this is on my TIFF maybe schedule I do like mm-hmm. Fernando Marais I like The Constant Gardener especially a lot mm-hmm. but that was like I mean I haven't seen anything he's made since but were um, they good I feel like they weren't good well, that's how I feel about City of God is it probably doesn't yeah um, I, I mean I never loved City of God that much but Constant Gardener is pretty strong so yeah, I always I hoped I he would come back it. around he but made also, Blindness in 360 true Oh God! <laughs> I forgot about three sixty. Right? It was so bad. I didn't see it. I did at, forget about at that. At the same time, though, I don't want to jinx it, but it is just a play about right. two guys sitting there talking. So it's like, how much can you mess it up? You'd hope. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't know. All right. Um, what else? Do you have anything else on Thanksgiving? Uh, no, I suspect there will be more because that's a big like awards oh, yeah. corridor, and so probably some Stuff Toronto dated, or Venice yeah. pickups yeah, will land there. But. So do you have anything else for November then? You know, some November um, TVs or. No. Okay. So on to December. Uh, December 6th is going to be a great weekend because two movies that I'm very much looking forward to are coming out. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Hell yeah. yeah. Big, big Super hit pumped. At Cannes. Yes. It won Best Screenplay and The Queer Palm. The what? The Queer Palm. I didn't know that was a. It's like an ancillary prize. I don't, is it given by the festival? Um, That I am less I think sure. It's like of. the Palm Dog. I mean, not to equate queer cinema with. <laughs> dogs but uh, that would be an honor in my mind <laughs> right. i love the I, I think it's work. like given by some group yeah anyway it's very well received yeah. um i saw the director's uh she directed girlhood which i didn't that's love, right yeah she promised though yeah it was like visually very yeah, striking totally. and i really love the actress uh what's adele hanel is yeah, her name she's she's awesome. great she's like she's in, in all, every french Dark movie Dan now movie. okay yeah she was in um bpm yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's a lead, and it's like a queer romance in the uh, old-timey times, I believe. Yeah, as yeah. they call them. Old-timey times. And then another movie coming on the 6th that I'm uh, excited about is The Aeronauts, because it's directed by Tim... Uh, sorry. Tom Harper. There we go. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, earlier this year, uh, 
saw the U.S. release of Wild Rose, yeah. yep. uh, which is one of my favorite movies to be released in 2019 so far. Yeah. Sorry, I have to dance around my little like uh, uh, it's idiosyncrasies. A, it's a cool movie. Um, yeah, very good movie. And this is uh, this is the one I was talking about earlier where Felicity Jones, th- maybe she picked a good one this time because it's Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne, which I didn't like the theory of everything, but the best parts for me of the theory of everything are the romantic first act parts right. of them like courting and, and here they're just trapped up in a balloon so. and here it's just in a, a hot balloon. air balloon uh, yeah and um, on a balloon in a balloon I don't know they're in the basket New York Incidentally, yeah. so that's... They're, they're neither in or on the balloon right they're in the ba- yeah um, it was a creative decision but the two popes they're also in a balloon <laughs> the whole time um, but, but this is also a big uh, IMAX movie so not anymore really uh, why do you have so all this info that because I out? work for <laughs> a why data- can't you have better info than I like not the rhythm well, section's moving. This is not an IMAX. Okay, in fairness, I have said several things that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was coming oh, yeah. out. Cool. Earthquake Bird is like one of my top five Exactly. Movies the year now. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, um, the weird thing about the Aeronauts that I just learned is that, so the guy in it is, it's a, a real guy who really like did that mission, but then her character is made up. They made her up. He went on that mission with another guy and they just replaced her in this movie with a fictional woman. And what's really weird is that Oprah if... Oprah should make this guy apologize. <laughs> make Tom Harper apologize for duping this. What's really weird is that I looked into it more and, like, at that same time, there was a married couple that were also hot air balloonists. So if you really wanted to make a true story movie about a couple who were hot air balloonists, you could have just made it about them. Maybe they didn't do anything cool, though. They just, like had the dumb balloon that only went up like a few feet no like one of the women like died in an explosion and it was like I I was just I want a happy (laughs) (laughs) okay well you might get one here I guess don't uh yeah so but why is it there's no longer an IMAX thing well so what's happening is this is another Amazon release and Amazon is starting to experiment with shortening their theatrical windows so this one they're going to put on Prime much sooner and I think the IMAX release might be a casualty of that it's not for sure but I, it looks like it's gonna go that's a shame yeah what else you got on the 6th on the 6th we have Playmobil the movie limping into theaters many years after Lego which seems appropriate um, there's also a sequel to the movie The Boy called Brahms The Boy 2 <laughs> I don't I don't okay. get it um, there's also it's funny that this came up organically earlier there's the movie adaptation of A Million Little Pieces yeah but it's gonna be a documentary only it won't be <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so strange that this movie is happening now because yeah. it's 13 years after not the book came out, but after the book was revealed to be fabricated. And then it played Toronto last year. Nobody cared. And then some buyer was like, I guess we'll buy it. And now they're giving it a tiny release. So I don't know. Um, there's also in fabric, the latest Peter Strickland movie. Maybe this will be the good one. <laughs> I don't right. Know. I don't think I I've like seen Duke any. of Burgundy. I didn't see, uh, they were both Duke of Burgundy and Barbarian Sound Studio are both like, yeah, this is almost good. Okay. Duke of Burgundy sounded like it was on my alley. Right? But I didn't see it. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. It's a riot. All right. Um there's also Little Joe, which won Best Actress at Cannes for Emily Beecham. It kind of sounds like a more serious, less singy little shop of horrors. <laughs> So it's basically, I guess I don't know for a fact that the plant eats people, but she just like is a scientist who like makes a plant, but then the plant is weird. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, Moving on to the next week. Now, 
Julia, I was kind of looking at your, you and I have a difference of facts here, Uh-oh. which is that I, cause I have, you have December 13th. I have a hidden life as a Wednesday, December 11th release. I, I, I've seen the 13th everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I'm signed with Julie. It's, okay. it's that week. I think we can agree. Okay. It's that. So we'll week. start with the hidden life. Yes. Uh, Terrence Malick's new movie. Yeah, Looks it, good. it's a yeah. true story about a conscientious objector in World War II. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah, um, yeah, it, lo- it looks it looks great. My only concern is that he could be too straightforward a character of like sticking to his guns, not going to falter from that, and just like Malik's protagonists are usually so much more tangled and conflicted mm-hmm. than that. So I I hope it's not as straightforward as that. I guess. Well, this is what I'm saying. Trust in the director more than well, the yeah, premise. I, I know. I obviously love Terrence Mann. I think it's probably going to be good. I think it'll be good. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. There are reviews. Like, it played Cannes and no, got yeah. a pretty good but, reception. But so. all these people said it's the return of Terrence Malick, and those people can stuff themselves. Yeah, yeah okay. I agree with that. Because <laughs> uh, I like his movies. Although I didn't see... Night, Night of Cups? Night of Cups. I didn't see Night that, of Cups. That one's the weakest. Okay. But Song to Song, one of his best. Song to Song is good. Um, I enjoyed the experience of watching To the Wonder. Yeah. And uh, that uh, Voyage of Time documentary. That's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, that was cool. All right. Um, but to me, if there's a movie coming out this fall that I feel 100% certain that I'm going to like, it's Uncut Gems. Yeah. Which yeah. is uh, the new Safety Brothers uh, movie uh, starring Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler giving Return a shit again. Return to Respectability. Not, tr- not really, because really. it was yeah. just two years yeah. ago or whatever. Uh, Apparently, it was going to be Jonah Hill in this movie originally. Okay. Upgrade. That's what I'm saying. I, I, like, I like them both. So also just it, say, it is huge when, age difference. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. something that's weird to me. Is that's not a, All Jews are the same to them, I guess. I, I guess. Know. It's also got uh, Lakeith Stanfield in it, though. Yep. Which is very and cool. Eric Bogosian. And Idina Menzel. Yeah. And Judd Hirsch. And Judd yeah. Hirsch and playing it, a character named Gooey. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe uh, I'm just saying this from memory so I could be wrong um, and I don't know entirely how to say it one of Tricks Point Never who did the music yeah. Yeah. For, mm-hmm. good time. for Good Time is returning to do the yeah. music for this uh, so. not returning is cinematographer Sean Price Williams but being replaced by Darius Kanji who is okay. no Ooh. step down at yeah, all that's good indeed also on the 13th Jumanji The Next Level Listen, I saw the first Jumanji on a plane I loved it I saw it on a plane and it is a perfect plane movie so I look forward to watching this one on a plane someday. Sure. You know? um, and then, man, this is a big week for me because another movie that I am uh, really looking forward to is the second remake of Black Christmas. Because <laughs> yep. um, Black Christmas is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, the original one. Mm-hmm. I never saw the 2006 one. Um, but people don't seem to think very highly of it. But now you've got a new one uh, with Imogen Poots, which is always good. Yeah. Directed by Sophia Tikal, who made... Uh, oh, yeah. now I'm into it. Made Always Shine, which I liked a couple Always years Shine back. wasn't good, but uh, <laughs> Green, her debut, was amazing. And uh, she did one of those... Sorry, you must have been shaking your leg. I was shaking my leg. <laughs> because Julie like put her hand on your arm, but for a second I thought Julie was saying, like, hey, go easy on David. <laughs> <laughs> he liked Always Shine. Let him like Always Shine. Never do that. Um, <laughs> Don't you worry. She also did one of those. You've, you've downgraded from all the praise that I said <laughs> about the, at the beginning of the episode. She did one of those Blumhouse Hulu movies that they did like one every month last year. Hmm. Uh, she did a, one about New Year's Eve. It was really cool. Uh, so uh, big fans of Future Cal. All right. And Always Shine is good. Right. Um, uh, what else do you have, Julie? Um, just on that day? one other thing. December's pretty like 
It's going to fill up a lot right, more, I suspect, but there's right not much right now. But on December 13th, there's Cunningham, which is a 3D immersive documentary about the choreographer Merce Cunningham. Cool. Not the first 3D immersive documentary about sure. a choreographer. But the last one was good. Because that was Pina, Pina. in yeah, 2011. Um, so, yeah. Doing it again. All right. So, moving on to the 20th. You've got uh, the Jay Ro- Roach movie, which I guess is not called Fair and Balanced. Uh, not anymore. It's called Bombshell now. Oh, right. I still can't believe this is coming out in theaters. Why? Because all the other ones that he's done like this, (laughs) like recounts. It's like an HBO movie, right? Yeah. Well, Uh, Showtime got the loudest voice, so there already was this... A Roger Ailes thing on TV. Jay Roach did Recount, and he did... What was the other one? Uh, Uh, About Sarah Palin. Um, Ah, shit. What the hell is that movie called? Oh, yeah. Um... It wasn't just about Sarah Palin, though. It was like the whole election. Game change. Game, game change. change. Game change. Well, the book it's based on was about the whole election, but oh, okay. this very much was focused, focused in on, on the oh, choice. Okay. Yeah, the choice to select Sarah Palin as the running mate and how that. I guess his last movie did come work. out in theaters, Trumbo, but it yeah. felt like it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. but is this one written by Danny Strong, like like Recount and Game Change were? No, I this don't is think so. Charles Randolph, hmm. oh, who wrote The Big Short. He sounds like he existed a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think he maybe yeah, wrote, he wrote or co-wrote Big Short. Short. All right. And yeah. Love and Other Drugs. But it's about like the whole Roger Ailes scandal. Cast. Sexual harassment. Yeah, it's Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, John Lithgow, Margot Robbie. Um, that's just who I can think of off the top of my head. It is a little weird, though. First of all, they did something to Charlize Theron's face to make her look like Megyn Kelly, and I can't figure it out, and it's driving me it's, crazy. It's nuts like, <laughs> I think it's at least fake nose and colored contacts that was as far as I could get okay but it's freaking me out Some, well yeah but that's not did something like, too that's a wig it's almost like a digital thing y- yeah it's scary <laughs> it, it, she looks so close but then it's also a little weird because I think when this movie first was in development because it's been in development for kind of a while the whole Megan Kelly blackface thing hadn't happened yet Hadn't it? Or maybe, I don't know. I feel like it had, and we just were overlooking it, and then she got the NBC show, and then we all decided, we all remembered how much we hate her. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, she's a complicated protagonist, given her whole deal. Yeah, but if they make it that complicated, like, it could be really good. My fear is that they'll make her too much of, like, the protagonist victim, kind of, like, just purely our entry point to the story. Yeah. But if they make her as complicated and weird and fucked up as Megyn Kelly is... Be a good movie. Yeah. I mean, and we should say, like, no one deserves to be the victim of sexual harassment. Like, she's clearly a victim in that circumstance. Yeah, but you can be a victim and still a morally reprehensible person. Sure. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not that, uh... I saw Recount and Game Change. And I'm, not I very, I'm not very hopeful. Not but very excited. I'm trying to um, talk myself up to it. These next two, I'm going to lump together so I can make a little joke. All right. Um, you got Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker and Cats, which is perfect counter programming because everyone wants to see Star Wars and no one wants to see Cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Thought I had a joke when I made this list days ago. You are forgetting one demographic who wants to see Cats is Taylor Swift fans. Oh, that's yeah. true. Taylor Swift fans are losing their goddamn minds for cats. Can't wait to see her as a sexy cat. Guys, I'm very scared of cats. The, I saw the trailer and I was like upset for like hours. You've seen the trailer, right? No. Yes. You you must. You really must. It's even as someone who doesn't watch trailers. I it's, I literally yeah. sat there slack jawed. I just was in absolute disbelief. I'm actually more into it than I was before when I thought it was just a boring Tom Hooper movie. Okay. Like it at least doesn't look boring. See, I think it's going to be the new The Room. Honestly, I think it's so insane. So for those who haven't seen the trailer, basically what they did is they like made 
the people into like cat human hybrids yeah. digitally. It's real Dr. Moreau shit. Yeah. So like their actual face is human, but then they made like digital cat ears and half cat bodies. And they put like fur, fur over yeah. their fur. Faces. And then yeah. like, but the anatomy is weird. Like the tails are coming out of their butts. Yeah. Like the tails are coming from between their butt cheeks. <laughs> it's so weird. And then like the scale too, because the cats are supposed to be real cat size, so you see them like you see like the Taylor Swift cat like sitting on a giant chair. Yeah, and it's just I thought I was on drugs. I was like, I don't think I'm on drugs. Am I on drugs? Again. It's like uh, what was that Lily Tomlin character, uh, Edith Ann? It's like <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe it, and I just I feel like it's maybe going to be like a big like stoner movie. Yeah. Like people go see it high. I just, I can't remember. I'm not a stoner, it. but I like stoner movies. So yeah, sounds like my alley. Yeah. David, you need to watch the trailer, but not for the reason that people watch trailers. Right. Like, oh, okay. You just need to experience. Yeah. I, think that, I want to say that trailer landed during Comic-Con when I'm already Maybe. not really paying attention to anything remember. on Comic-Con, but I think that's, uh, I think I like emerged from Comic-Con and everyone was <laughs> my like, office I like, couldn't it. work for an hour. It's all <laughs> we could talk about. It's, it's going to be something. Uh, and then also, yeah, there's a Star Wars. There's a Star Wars. But, like, uh, I'm excited for the Star Wars. Really? I liked the last two. And this is a, a JJ one? Yeah. Back to JJ. Yeah. Uh, On I'm, board. I'm interested I, I, to see how, you know, what he does with I it. I still, I really like all the new characters. The old characters keep dying off, so there can only be more time with the new characters. Ah, but they're bringing in an old character and in doing so, like, super. That's true. Like, really pandering in a way that I'm not thrilled Who? about but still curious about Lando Palpatine oh and Lando what yeah both oh I didn't know about Palpatine oh yeah, yeah oops um, <laughs> wait I'm is sure that a spoiler hear, huh? I'm sure I'll hear not about really, it before no, the they've, they've out. really been playing that up um, um, but anyway like anyway I like the last two I like the new characters I like board. the last one what we're talking about the, the real Star Wars out. movies yeah because I like Solo too yeah um, so did I but the real ones here's how I would rank alright Disney Star Wars movies alright Number one, Last Jedi. Right. Number two, Rogue One. No. Then Solo. No. Then Force Awakens. No. <laughs> I go... See, Force Awakens is almost better than Last Jedi to me. Uh, it feels... I don't know. There, I, this is partially because I prefer New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, but I like the optimism. It's it, but There's visually, definitely more fun, but yeah. I, I think I prefer Last Jedi. I think Last Jedi is doing a lot more interesting stuff uh, and more visually interesting stuff. Yeah, that's and the thing. I'm just that J.J. That Abrams style um, that's almost defined by a lack of style. It's too uh, gooey. It's too loose. Gooey. Yeah. Played right. by Judd Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> Everything just kind of feels like... I guess I could also I think say it's a pretty uh, sharp, sharp eye that like I'm hardly a Star Wars scholar. I only saw them as an adult, but like the first JJ one, it felt a little imitative of the original ones. And sure. I feel like last Jedi was more of its own thing. Yeah. Which is exactly like why I, Star Wars fans hated it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. I feel like I overrated force Awakens at first because I was so glad that it didn't suck. And then they made a bunch of movies that I think are better. And now in my mind, Force Awakens is, uh, I don't know, a it's, B minus. It's best? actually very rewatchable. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, but at any rate, Colin Trevorrow is not directing this. So a small part of me will like it no matter what, just knowing what could have been. Even if it's because he like started working on it. Yeah. Right. And got he wanted to shoot parts of it in space, which is like like, cool. like real space, like real space. Is, should have done that. Is Wait, he is that, crazy? That's is, where no one can hear you scream, right? He definitely seems like disproportionately uh, sure of himself. 
And I mean, was Disney like, listen, we're Disney, but come on. Yeah. Well, then he makes the Book of Henry. People are like, oh, no. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Christmas Day. Or do you have more? Uh, nope, that's it. You have no more for the 20th. Christmas, okay, Day, Christmas Day, a.k.a. Little Women Day. Little Women Day. Little yeah. Yes! That's Capping one of the more, Little Women Year. Put it in my veins. One I'm one so more, excited. Yeah, definitely one of the more, uh, highly, more highly anticipated movies for me. Yeah, for uh, sure. Right below Earthquake Bird at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just kept announcing the cast. I was like, it just keeps getting better. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Greta Gerwig directing again. We actually saw the 90s one for the first time earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and like the story is just timeless and it's like the characters are great and. But we'll live up to last year's uh, Pure Flix version oh, right. of Little that Women. That remains to be seen. There's a Pure Flix version of yeah. Little Women. Yeah. Set, I, modern, set in the modern day. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I talked, we talked about it last Lance year Thompson's on the preview it. and I was That's like, right. this is not to be confused. Not the one you want to see. This is not the one you want. Um, also coming out on Christmas Day is Just Mercy, which is a new movie from Daniel Destin Critton. Did I get that right? Yeah, who directed, uh, who directed Short, Short Term, Term 12. 12, which I didn't care for. That's we, right. Eh, who needs you? Yeah, <laughs> we we liked it. But yeah. the only the thing I don't like, and this is going to get me a lot more hate, so don't worry, I'll pull focus from you, is that I don't like Michael B. Jordan, guys. I don't. Oh. I don't. That's, that's this has made me an enemy of so many people, especially especially women. Charming. Why do you he's hate him not, so much? I hate him because he's, to me, he always seems like he's trying so hard to be cool. It's always like, just like me. But I don't think that's what the characters he's playing are doing. It feels like that's what he's doing. And I, I, I'm not that's into it. It's funny because that's the exact reason that I don't like Miles Teller. Yeah, uh, I think we. Yeah, I don't feel that way about Michael B. Jordan. I like him a lot. I know this is this is my own island. He's like Hugh McGregor. He's very charming. He's. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we. I, I think he's played characters that are confident and sure of them uh, of themselves so far. At least in like the higher profile films, but even something like Fruitvale Station, like it's a more grounded, realistic character. But I wouldn't describe him as cool. Uh, and maybe not even sure of himself, but just kind of maybe aloof, which is sort of another way of looking at uh, cool people. Um, so I, I think he's I think he's done what the characters require and done it quite well. I'm interested to see what will happen when he needs to play like a, a and maybe it won't happen for a while because like he's young, good looking and good shape. And so not to imply that being able to shed your charm is a uh, in, is indicative of a good actor because obviously like you know Cary Grant um, but uh, but I'm interested to see the types of roles that he takes in the future because I think right now I think he's made good choices and I think he's done well with them but I don't think he's taken a whole lot of risks sure um, which is which is fine um, but yeah it's uh, he's he doesn't necessarily get me to see a movie, but him being in a movie is usually like oh neat. Yeah, I mean this this does have a good cast. It has Brie Larson, Jamie Fox, has some other good names too. Um, it's a true story of a lawyer free trying to free a convicted murderer from death row. So admittedly, I don't know what role he plays in this. Um, he might be the lawyer. I guess I I'm not he's sure. The lawyer and Brie Larson's on death row. Um, sure, <laughs> but uh, we'll Why see. Why is that funny? <laughs> Right. Well, I'm I'm making a joke about the way Hollywood works. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um, all right. Sam Mendes, nineteen seventeen, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Sam Among Mendes. others. Among others. Sam Mendes once again trying to uh, ape Christopher Nolan, but I think it could be good. But when did let's, you all, let's all let's all watch. What's oh, what's I the other one? That. 
What? Uh, what's what's uh, uh, Rolling Emmerichs? What's Roland Emmerich's? Midway. Uh, Midway. Midway. Let's all watch Midway in the 1917 and then marvel at how uh, apparently amazing Christopher Nolan is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. It is to be kind him. of interesting that it's a World War One movie. You don't see a lot of those. Yeah. I did have that thought. It's, yeah. and I feel like it's something that, think about it, like, uh, and maybe because, you know, it's been 100 years now. Sure. But Wonder Woman. Uh, what is it? They shall not. Well, they shall not grow old. Mm-hmm. And now oh, yeah. this, like, there definitely seems to be kind of a turn towards that. There was which also I think this I'm, isn't what you're talking about, but both Tolkien and Goodbye Christopher Robin had World sure. War One sequences. In sure. Them. Um, was War Horse World War One? Uh, I, I believe so. so. Yeah. Okay. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah. I think War Horse is very old. I think it's <laughs> because. <laughs> We barely even knew who Tom Hiddleston was. That's true. Uh, no. Uh, when, when War Horse came out. I All think right. it's because, like, night, uh, World War One doesn't have like the same kind of like epic all American heroism of World right. War II. Like it Nor was just it a lot the, of people dying in trenches, yeah. and it, it was also just doesn't awful. Have the obvious villains, right? Right. You know? right. Um, like World War Two comes along, and we're just like, it's like this thing writes itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I do think like not to reduce real life tragedy to just movie terms, but. World War One could be really cinematic. Yeah. Uh, you know, can. those trenches are uh, pretty rough. Yeah. Paths of Glory. Paths of Glory, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also on Christmas Day, Spies in Disguise. <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's about a, it's, it's a an animated, animated movie about a spy that gets turned into a pigeon. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I would say it's the animated movie that we've talked about tonight that I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> I would say has the most tepid praise Oh, this heard. thing. That's right. <laughs> I saw a trailer for this. Okay. I would say it's the animated movie we need right now. <laughs> Rachel Brosnahan's doing a voice, and I hope she's just playing Mrs. Maisel. That would be... Definitely doing stand-up as a pigeon. Yeah. What else do you have on Christmas? Um, we have, unless it's been moved, I don't think so, Super Intelligence, which is a new Melissa McCarthy movie, which is kind of surprising that it's a Christmas Day release. It's just like a comedy about, like, an AI robot. Um, Does she play the robot? I don't think so. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'm always rooting for her, but I feel like she makes so many bad movies and it breaks my heart. Yeah. Because she's so the, funny. The the good ones that she's made are like enough to carry me through. Yeah. That and then when like, it's like, oh, I'm not interested. In, I, I saw Life of the Party. It's like, this was terrible. You know what? I'm going to go watch some SNL, some SNL sketches. She yeah. To remind myself why I love her so much. Oh, James Corden voices the robot. Oh. But also, Brian. So it's going to be kind of cloying, I guess. What movie were we talking about again? Super <laughs> Intelligence. Okay. Oh, shit. I, I, I was back to 1917. I had t- tuned out to look at the next thing that I was going to talk about, and I tuned back in to James Corden voices of the robot. <laughs> and I was like, in 1917. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, Brian Tyree Henry is in it, and apparently he and Melissa McCarthy became like best friends while making it, which is why they did that bit at the Oscars. Huh. Okay. Where they uh, like came out in wacky costumes. I don't oh, know if you right. remember that. That was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Michael Beach is in this film, and he's an actor that I've liked for a long time. He was in uh, he was in One False Move. Okay. Uh, directed by Carl Franklin. That's correct. Who did the back half of Mindhunter? That's right. Which I haven't finished yet. I have one left. Yeah. Uh, David Fincher, Andrew Dominic, and Carl Franklin. Like that. They, that's, that's a, a solid good, season. Good trio. Although it is a weird like 
one of these like Carl Franklin is kind of a left turn from yeah. <laughs> uh, David Fincher and Andrew Dominic, but it's a good, yeah. uh, good, good stuff he did. We're way off track. The episode is long enough. Do we have anything else on de- December twenty uh, fifth? Uh, no, I have one more thing that's two days later. I don't yes, know if we're talking about clemency? the same thing. It is return to respectability for Alfred Woodard. Clemency. That's the <laughs> yes. thing I was looking up. Yes. Uh, I'm a big Alfred Woodard fan. I was gonna yeah. say yeah. I think she's been holding pretty strong. I don't know, she she's was in, in like a... Marvel movies. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Who what are we it? holding that against Come people on. now? But wait, there'd no, be no on. actors left. She was in uh, Luke Cage, right? But she was also in Civil War. Yeah, I didn't see either. I'm just looking at IMDb right now. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. No, she's in Luke Cage. She is right. in Luke Cage. Okay, yeah. all right. But I'm saying she's also I'm in interesting. Civil but War. This was a big. As two different characters. Two different characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a big hit at Sundance. I don't know if you caught it there. No, mm-hmm. I did not. I um, seen. but it, she plays a prison warden who's like conflicted and has inner turmoil. So sweet. Do you yeah. have anything else? TBD. Um, no, I, I have one, but the fact that I didn't have it here makes me think, cause you always know more than I do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so is Seberg not coming out this year? Well, okay. So this is the thing I was sticking to is like things that either have dates or the distributor has made it explicitly clear that they are going to release it this year. Okay. And for me that fit neither criteria because does it, what distributor do you even have it as? Oh, I didn't look up uh, that I did earlier. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff. It's playing it's like, festivals. Yeah. Okay. Playing at Toronto or Telluride or yeah. Venice or whatever that doesn't necessarily have a distributor or they don't know how well it's going to go over so they haven't committed to doing an yeah. award season thing. Because okay. that one I'm not even sure if it got bought yet. I see. I'm checking. No, oh. distributed by Amazon Studios. Oh, right. That's right. But yeah, I don't think it's dated and it right. might not be this year. So Depends on how well yeah. it goes over. I there, hope it goes over well because Gene Seberg rocks and Kristen Stewart rocks. Oh, it's yeah. another Mar- Margaret Qualley movie. Mar- yeah, yeah Margaret Qualley. Uh, Stephen Root, Zazie Beetz. Um... Uh, in this house, we stand. Vince Vaughn, uh, <laughs> Anthony Mackie. Don't, well, you're uh, speaking Cole for Meany. me now. I am. This is my house. <laughs> um, yeah. But sorry. this is what I was saying: is like after the festivals, there are going to be a lot more dates. So already, apologies in advance for stuff we didn't. Yeah. We didn't get. Well, but. like I said, the episode's long enough. Sure. Let's wrap up. Thank you so much, you guys, for being here. Yeah. Yeah. We love um, to be here. I was so excited to have you guys on, and then Scott was mean to me. And- <laughs> Julie didn't come to my defense. Mocked the idea that she would come Just to my the defense. Very concept of defending. Uh, you. I don't know what you expect. <laughs> uh, and you can find us at battleshipretention.com. Hopefully, over the next few months, you'll be seeing reviews of lots of these movies, including some of them from TIFF, uh, over the next week or so. Uh, that's at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretension.com or tyler at battleshipretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at tylerpretension. Anything to plug, knowing that this is coming out in two weeks? Uh, a note to any Scottish listeners we might have. I am in Scotland right now, so if you want to get coffee, let me know. Where can people find you should they want to or should you want them to? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow, regularly standing for Kirsten Dunst, the new show on Showtime. Very good. Uh, At Criterion Cast, where we just did an episode on The Heiress, which is awesome. Uh, The movie, the episode, judge for yourself. Listen. Uh, And then on BattleshipRetention.com here and there. And I am the editor for the American Cinematheque blog. I remembered to plug it this time. Nice. Uh, movies on the big screen dot blogspot dot com. Scott writes for it sometimes. Um, but there's like recaps of people who came and did Q and A's. There's stuff about upcoming films. Check it out. If there's any typos, don't at me. Okay. All right. Um, thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get All, you next time. Always shine was good. <laughs> Thank you.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.